Oh, Brian, I was also thinking that if I'm going to be predominantly like recording from this room from now on, I mean, if it makes you feel better, I could wear like a bathrobe or like something silky if that makes you, you feel better. No, just give us the, the sense of the, the bright guy in Superfund <laughs> after dark. I'm getting very uncomfortable <laughs> with the <this> conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> Does Sarah have bathrobes that you, or hell, do you have bathrobes that you can use? <laughs> I, I have a bathrobe, but <laughs> I mean, for for purposes of, of of this, hers would definitely do the trick more. <laughs> That's one of those things about. where you don't tell us you're going to do that beforehand, and then when the camera pops on, <laughs> you're just there. Or I start normally, and I'm like. I have to go get a glass of water. <laughs> Come back. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we can't get you into bed, that's that's the next best thing. <laughs> wow. Welcome to another episode of Bry Guy to Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is the champion of all things Raylo, Paula Miller. Raylo is my halo. The internet famous Twitch streamer, Tyrannus, Mike Bradley. I mean, you, you added internet famous onto that. That's just not <laughs> true. <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe you're like infamous right now, and soon you could work your way up to famous. I I don't think it's either. The road to internet famous quote. is happening. I doubt it. But <laughs> it That's the I confidence have, you I need. Ha, I have a few people that enjoy what I'm doing. That's about it. That counts. And by, you know, let, let, let's be serious here. Internet famous requires at least a thousand. I've got like 50. So it's, <laughs> okay. it's a stepping stone to there. Yeah, but you know, you know what? A thousand people in Wyoming is like Wyoming. <laughs> yes, but can we get them all to watch the same thing at once? I think There's I'm up your... to like 1,500 followers, but it's not that's that's not famous on the internet. Let's be real about this. It's There's your target audience, Mike. Wyoming, make it happen. <laughs> I don't want to insult anybody from Wyoming, but pass. <laughs> uh, and you heard him too. And until he officially gives me a new nickname, he'll still be Mr. Movie Slut, Josh Zorch. <laughs> yeah, gotta. Got to work on that. Uh, I am officially asking for solicitations of, of user suggestions, listener suggestions, because I am apparently not creative. <laughs> I don't know, Josh. If you start wearing like silk chemises and robes to the show, I think movie sled is really. If I you should keep add it, yeah. silk chemises to say like an Amazon <laughs> wish list and, and were to share that wish list. Through Don't forget to put your bath water on there. Particular you uh, <laughs> social social media channels, uh, and and that that becomes supported by fans. That that could definitely happen. Have your own right. Right. If we start recording this live for other people to see, where like, <laughs> this is going on and everybody can see it, yes, I'm all for you, Josh, doing that. When it's just us that are going to be subjected to this, we're going to pass on that. <laughs> I'm just saying, Mike. Don't it, subvert the will of the people. The will of what people to 
send you that stuff and then make me have to look at it while we're on oh, Skype? I would totally send you that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, it is it is up to you to help me make Mike uncomfortable while we record the show. I mean, it's not uncomfortable. I can, I mean, I can, I'm pretty sure I can just click on there and make your image disappear, and it's not. I will just continuously text you pictures. <laughs> All right. I would you rather have him podcasting from bed or podcasting in a sexy robe? But you need like rose petals on the bed. I mean, either way, lit. I know if, Sarah's got candles. If, so if we can do that, we can definitely get it like live on the internet while he's doing that. <laughs> Even if it's not the rest of us, and it's just him while he's podcasting with us, that's it's the live out there stream. live while he's doing it. I feel like that would have to be a theme night. Like I feel, I think we, can't, we if it's on <laughs> oh, the yeah. internet, we couldn't just leave him out there by himself. We'd all have to do it. I mean, I would absolutely get on and do it live, (laughs) but I'm not going to do that live. I'm (laughs) going to let Josh do that, and then we can talk normally amongst the rest of us. (laughs) Romance day. I like it. I'm here for it. See if we can frame a podcast around that theme. I mean... MTV Movie Awards do, like, the best kiss. Like, why can't we do, like, the best romances in movies? Or... <laughs> I we see you guys are all ready like for that. it. We, like we it. did. We did. We had an episode like that where we talked huh? about the MCU and all kinds of stuff like that. And then two people didn't turn their microphones on. And... Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That oh. was We did that one live, too. We all met up at Brian's house that day. And uh, two people's mics were not on. So we lost, like... Several hours of recording because <laughs> yeah, mics like were not on. Third or something of the audio. So yeah, that was fun. Well, you guys will never hear that one. <laughs> That's yeah. for the vaults. Um, we we had all kinds of awesome stuff that we discussed there, and that was like the full year. We like talked about like the best this from the movies that year, the best that from the movies that year. Yeah, I'll have to cut all this because I don't want them to know stuff that's never going to happen. They're never going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we do it again next year or something. Yeah, yeah Paul, I think Paul is on to something. I yeah. am always on to something. <laughs> uh, all right. So for this episode, uh, I hope you guys like our list episodes because we have another top 10 for you. Um, it's like, I think, three of the last four episodes are all going to be top 10. So enjoy them. Uh, we did tease this one, though, so it shouldn't come as that big of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, this is us with rounding out of the decade, making it into the 2020s. We were presented with a unique opportunity here to look back at the previous 10 years and talk about the movies that, you know, we might not have covered before. So anything from 2010 to 2019 is fair game for this list. And, I mean, if you go way back, uh, I think when this podcast used to be titled Geekologist, that dates back to 2014. And I think the first episode with the name change, I think, was somewhere around March of 2015-ish. Sounds so, right. So, uh, either way, I, mean, I think, the you know, the movies beginning in the 2010s may not have really been talked about too much here. So this is a good opportunity to do that. Um, I, I have probably a good idea that we're going to have, or at least I'm hoping we'll have a wide range of movies on these lists. I think we can all agree. This was the, probably the toughest top 10 that we've ever had to do. Oh, um, absolutely. I feel like I got to my favorites without too much difficulty, but I think actually narrowing it down and putting numbers to these movies was, was rough. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand, but like, how was everyone's experience trying to narrow down your list? It was horrible. Don't make me do it again. <laughs> I, mean, I can uh, talk a little bit about yeah. my experience doing it and how I did it. Is I went back and I looked. One, we have our lists of top tens from several years yeah. now that we have saved up. I looked back at those for the last few years. And then I had to look back and just take a look at like lists of movies that came out in 2010. Because there was a, a few where I was like, oh yeah. And then I looked and it, you know, it was 2009 that that came out. 
And it's like, okay. Or, you know, not remembering the early part of the decade is accurately on, you know, the year of releases I could have. So I went back and I looked at every year and I just took and said like, well, that has a chance to make it. This does, this does, this does. And I just went through every year and I wound up with like 80 movies. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Wow. Well, no, th- th- I mean, there was, don't get me wrong. There was probably seven of the top 10 that were making it no matter what. Fair. There was probably another two of these 15. I wasn't aware happened this decade. And I was like, oh, well, shit, that has to make the list. <laughs> um, I had thought they were longer ago than they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, fe- it, it felt longer ago. But when I was looking back, it was like, well, I guess not. Um, And then it just paring it down. I learned a lot about myself and how, you know, like, I say it that way, but it's like. Found myself in these movies. <laughs> I, I I very often, like, t- we, we talk about, like, where we rank the MCU movies, the Star Wars movies, movies in general. We talk a lot about this stuff. And I found that sometimes when I speak about it, I'm wrong. Because when I thought about ranking these against each other for the entire decade, some things came out on top that I wouldn't have expected. Yeah, I agree. So, I feel like some of my list is like contradictory. Like I've I've definitely surprised myself with the way I sort of rationalized where I'm putting things. And I I guess like maybe to Josh and uh Paula too. I think Josh and I are sort of on the same page because we kind of texted about this, but how did you guys narrow down your list? Because I think Josh, you and I talked like we we sort of made a list of our favorites and then just went from there and sort of tried to narrow it down by like what is more rewatchable for us or what have we watched the most yeah. and i actually had a conversation about this too like we what kind of emotion do you remember having after you saw the movie like what was your feeling when you walked out or you saw it again like what was and not just how many times that you've watched it but how did you feel when you left the theater that was that was a huge one for us okay See, I felt like if I was looking at movies that I would like critically say were the best, this list would be very different. These are my favorite. Yeah, I movies. agree. Yeah, you know that, and that's two very different things for me. So I feel like that's where the difference in the list comes in. I I was sort of in the middle with that though, because I I there there's things that yes, critically you could say were better. But to Paula's point, even if it's not something that's highly rewatchable, um, from your own sort of personal critic's point of view, how did it make you feel? Um, right. You know, there, there was a ton that I, I went through that I'm like, oh, that's a good movie. And I watched it once in 2013. <laughs> you know, and, and there's and, movies like that. And it they... felt great. It was, it was, it was enjoyable, etc. But... It never went beyond that. So could I say it's my favorite? In like th- there were very few that actually passed the emotion test for me um, to call it my favorite. Um, okay. But it also like for me there was somewhat of a rewatchability factor to it. I couldn't get away from that because um, I think yeah I don't know I. Not to say it's like a wrong way to look at it, but for me, if if something has, if, if I'm going to say something is is good enough, I'm going to want to experience that again, probably. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, but but if not, 
then the, you know, to Paula's point, though, the initial mental and emotional reaction to it has to have been so strong and so unique and, and so good that even if it's not something I'm readily going to want to re-experience for five, six, seven, eight years, um, you know, to put, to sort of punch through that ceiling was a bit harder for me. Yeah. I think it's, we're definitely, all... it's definitely a valid way to look at it. I think it sounds like we're all going to come for this list, like sort of different directions. So it'll be really interesting to see how they play out. And uh, like I, you know, I had to, num- we had to number them like top 10 and put each movie, give it a number. And I feel like any one of these top, like any one of my top 10, I could very easily just change around any of the part of the list. I think they're all very good. And I feel like just having them in a placement, people are going to try to, I'm sure with my list, I'm going to get some weird looks as to what ends up where. Just because I, because again, I surprised myself. And again, if I make this list next week, it's probably going to be look different than what I have today. But I try to just get them in there and then like not think about it too much. Because the more I thought about it, I'd be switching places with certain movies and really, yeah, shuffling stuff around. It just, it would never settle in. See, I feel like my top seven, once you told me about this list, I knew what my top seven were going to be. Okay. Like, I had the I, same I, thing about my top three too. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I knew what the I knew what the top one was immediately. Two through seven, I had a good idea of their placement. Beyond that, for like the five honorable mentions and eight to ten, that's where it got tough to really decide what's going to make the list, what's going to make this. Because we all have like those certain movies that stick out for us more than others. Yeah. And that's where I think the difficulty was for me is that the, the bottom end of the list for me was tougher than the top. And I, I didn't make this a requirement for you guys, but for me personally, I was trying to keep it like one per like franchise or sequels. So I could very easily make Star Wars and Marvel my entire list, but I was like, I'm not going to front load all that stuff. So I tried to pick sort of like one of each or tried to keep it to maybe two per just to try again, just to have an excuse to get other things in there that I wouldn't normally put on the list or talk about. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 I did have a, a have some of that, and there's, I, I didn't avoid that all together in the end. I just knew, like, I, I got when it shook down to it. I'm like, what, what are my favorites? What could I watch at any time? Yeah, and basically, never be sick of it yet. Um, but I kind of went year by year and said. Like, all right, did, in, in this particular year, like, was, you know, Age of Ultron going to make my favorites of 2015? Probably not. Yeah. Was Ant-Man going to? Was, uh, you know, just take any in any of the franchises you're looking at, whether it's uh, sci-fi or action, uh, MCU, Star Wars, any of that. Um, and if, like, as I as I hit each entry, if I feel like if I didn't have an emotional gut punch when I saw the title, I moved on. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good way to look at it. Yeah. If if I didn't immediately think like top 10, top 15, no matter how much I like it, immediately move on. So like I actually yeah. I I passed by most of the decades MCU movies pretty easily. Okay. Because I enjoy the hell out of them. I will watch them at any time basically, but if I didn't immediately think possible top 10, just next one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it too. Um and we sort of talked about I think we've hinted at it a little bit. So we kind of fudged it a little bit. We're allowing 
sort of 15 movies for us. We have our top 10, and then I told everyone we'd give them five honorable mentions. So it just pads out the list a little bit to try to hopefully cover some stuff that people want to talk about that didn't make their top 10. We could have easily probably done 25, but we're we're going to leave it at 15. What if we said as many movies as we could possibly say in like 30 seconds? (laughs) Maybe we'll save that for the end. Whatever isn't covered. I might. We can try to give I you was, that opportunity. I was gonna can do we a plug? song. <laughs> a song. <laughs> you, you either have a in song the, written, or you're able to do that the off the fly. In the version of you know my favorite things, but just sing song title or movie titles. <laughs> That'd be okay. Can we can we plug in the scene from Clerks where where Randall just recites all the different porn movies before he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, and what was the one your kid wanted? Uh, <laughs> a good poll. Um, all right, and uh, also with all of our previous lists of top tens that we've done, uh, I do want to try to keep these discussions spoiler-free as much as possible. So I know some of these movies have been out for 10 years, so if people want to see them, hopefully they have by now. <laughs> but I'm also assuming that there are some people coming to this that are not aware of some of these movies that you know maybe just want to hear our discussion, and after our discussion, it might persuade them to go seek these movies out, check them out for themselves. So if that's the case, I refuse to be the one to ruin the movie for them. So <laughs> is everyone good with that? Can I be the one who ruins the movie for you? That, I mean, that's your prerogative. If you want to be that person. <laughs> can I ruin direct... one that was before this decade? What's that? I said, can I ruin one from before the decade? <laughs> yeah, yes. I'll, I'll <laughs> out. kills if, Dumbledore. If... <laughs> <laughs> that was, wait, that was before the decade? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, See, it just, it just like, squeaked in. Yeah. 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 It just squeaked it before the decade. July of 2009, okay. you bastard. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's my new name. Miss Loves a Spoiler. Yes, please. That was a spoiler. <laughs> uh, and we are going to try to do, as we've done with our favorites of some of the past years, we're, we're going to try to do the Rotten Tomatoes critics and fans ratings as we're going. So I'm going to try to keep a list of that, running list of that as we're going and try to calculate averages for everybody at the end and see who gets the best rating. Um, and one I thing think I think Brian should bake us cookies if we win. Ooh. I don't know about that. You don't want my cookies. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bake you cookies, Mike. I mean, Amy will bake me cookies, but I, I just—I <laughs> don't know. Br- Br- Brian should—I don't know. What are oh, you so good you're at too good for my cookies in a box. Okay, yeah, I see it. <laughs> no, I, see, I want okay. Brian to do it. That's you know, get I'll no just... cookies then. Okay, I'll keep my cookies. <laughs> That's fair. I, I just want Brian to do it. To you know, <laughs> I'll send you my cookies in a box, Brian. I'll find, I'll find some used trophy to give you, Mike. There we go. I'm not going to win. but <laughs> uh, One thing I realized we didn't do beforehand was to ca- uh, figure out who wants to go first. We don't have our order set. Dibs. Dibs? You you first? Dibs. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Mike's first. I'll do two. All right. Mike, Paula, Josh, me. All right. Um, and if you are unfamiliar with the way we do, we've done our lists in the past, uh, we go through everyone's 10 We'll go through Mike's 10, Paula's 10, Josh's 10, my 10, and then we'll go to Mike's 9, and then we'll rinse and repeat all the way down to number one. Uh, so I guess at that point, we have all the preamble out of the, ra- out of the way. So, Mike, what is your number 10 of the decade? My number 10 of the decade is What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. Uh, excellent movie from Taika Waititi. It's hilarious. I can't spoil anything, but it's basically a modern-day telling of what real world vampires would be like and what their life would be like living with one another in a London flat. Well, it's not really a flat. I don't know what they call it. It's a house. They're sharing a house. And, you know, they have their 
life together and just hilarity ensues. They're all, you know, from some of them are thousands of years old. Some of them are a hundred years old. Some of them are a couple of months old. Uh, well, not a couple of months old, but they've been vampires for a couple of months. Um, and uh, they have very ordinary lives. Other than when they have to feed on somebody. And I don't know. It, it's If you guys have seen it, you guys understand. If you haven't seen it, it's 100% Taika Waititi's humor coming through. And it's fantastic, hilarious, and worth every moment of it. it, um, it it's fun, I think, because it's also shot as kind of a documentary first-person not first person per se, but like the, the characters the talking to the camera. Yeah, there's a lot of like fourth yeah. wall breaking. Like I'm talking to the cameraman and like not necessarily directly through the camera to the audience, but as if they know they're being filmed, they're talking to the person filming yes. them. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, kind of like The Office, it has a little mm -hmm. bit of that going on where they're talking as though they're in that aspect. And I don't know, it's just... Yeah, I didn't see this until much later than when it originally came out. I didn't know a whole Same. lot about it. But, my God, it's fucking fun. Um, like, what year did that yeah, come out? 2014. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. I mean, it's the type of thing where, Brian, I don't know if you've seen it. I assume, yes? I have not. But oh, I wow. just recently saw uh, Jojo Rabbit, so I... Oh, did I, you? I've heard so much of... Uh, that movie specifically from Taika that I I do want to try to go back and revisit that. Definitely do. Paula, have you seen it? I have not, but you've made oh me goodness. very intrigued. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. Like I said, we're we're doing spoiler free, so I'm not going to get a whole lot into it. But uh, the best I can say is it inspired Amy to make her first ever GIF, GIF, whatever the fuck <laughs> they are. <laughs> She made one from that movie. It's hilarious. Um, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's a spoiler, but it's fucking great. Fair enough. Yeah, see, case in point, the first movie we talk about, half of us have not seen this movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. For this one in particular, it's not surprising. Yeah. As a sidebar, Brian, what did you think of Jojo Rabbit? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, it, it gets a little bit unexpectedly heavy somewhere in, the, in like the the last third, but it's really good. Good to know. Uh, anything else for what we do in the shadows? Anybody? I guess Josh, if you have anything to add. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it 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 was a nice like good comedic entry, and and I think Mike's right. Like I don't think I saw it till God, like maybe twenty eighteen. Um, okay. But I think it's like it was after ragnarok so i was like oh yeah and like leading up to ragnarok this is the movie that everyone kept citing of right. like you know taika waititi made what we do in the shadows so i think we like found it after that like oh okay what else did, did this guy do how did he get the ragnarok job um yeah it's a very different sort of like dry humor type of telling but um it's yeah it, it's it's unique it stands out in like it, it's different uh comedic method gotcha. and and, and yeah. it was an the, the genius of it was the spin you know as mike said like taking obviously like the idea of like interview with the vampire or any of those types of stories that have been told the last like 10 15 years 
and just making it out like, all right, well, if this if they really existed, like what would their actual day to day lives right. be? What would they yeah. actually have to worry about? What does their day look like? What does their week look like? Not just like what is their overarching story? Yeah, the the argument over the dirty dishes is <laughs> absolutely hilarious. For you're thinking like this is these are vampires, and they're arguing over dishes. It's it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, good deal. Let's go to I guess Paula, you're up number ten. So my number ten is also from 2014. It is the Lego Movie. And the? the Lego movie, <laughs> the Lego movie. Um, and I'm not endorsing it because I work for Lego, but <laughs> <laughs> I saw it before I worked for Lego. Um, I think the movie just blew me away. Like we'd never really seen anything like quite like it. Um, and the actors that they got in to play it were amazing. Mm-hmm. So Chris Pratt and Will Ferrell and, um, Elizabeth Banks was in it. and Banksy. <laughs> like, we know the characters now. Like, it's five years later, and we still know Emmett and Lucy, Wildstyle, and Benny. So, like, the story was excellent, too. Like, it had a good meaning to it. Mm-hmm. And I just love the animation. And I just, I remember walking out going, this was incredible. I love it. Immediately bought it when it came out so I could watch it over and over. Because <laughs> it was entertaining, but it also had heart, which is always important to me um so yes i my number 10 is the lego movie yeah i think Surprise. i remember like watching the trailers for that and it's like oh this looks funny and then like you see it and then you like the the twist happens at the end and then you're just hit with some surprisingly feels that just yeah. felt like came out of nowhere so yeah that was a fun movie going experience the first time i i was actually surprised in her entire discussion there about it she didn't use the word awesome once. Oh. So, I, I've been trying I mean, to wean myself off of that word. I oh, okay. went to dinner with some friends and like every other word was awesome. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Did you I do mean, that before or after this movie? I, I think because at work, when I talk to people, I'm like, everything is awesome. Because <laughs> like, wait, wait, they make 50 you say that? Every time I say it, it's where I just pops up in my paycheck. So, <laughs> yeah. No, the music was amazing. I like the music in the Lego movie 2 even better, but um, I love the story of this one better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, agreed. But yeah, I mean, if you don't know the words to everything is awesome, then we can't be friends. <laughs> that could just be I the mean, end, uh, like the, the response to the line of that song. Why can't we be friends? Because you don't know the words to <laughs> the Lego you don't know song. the words. That, this, this, is not, this is not rhetorical. <laughs> everything is cool because you're part of a team. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with all of that as well. Um, I think it was also beneficial that they, like, sometime in, you know, whatever, like, 2012, 2013, when they started doing the voice recording work, that someone decided that Chris Pratt would be a good choice for a voice performance. Because even at that point, I had started watching um, the first few seasons of parks and rec but i don't think i could have told you chris pratt's name i just know he was andy dwyer and i know his face but i did not necessarily know chris pratt yet and when the advertisements started coming out for lego and it's like oh here's your voice actors and i you know go to the googles and find oh chris pratt oh it's andy huh (laughs) and then 
I, I think it was a very like 2014 was an amazing sweet spot for that guy. You know, he he hit that in in February. Guardians later in the summer, and like that was like, to me like that was his breakout year between between those two things in a, in a lot of ways. So I like that it was not soiled is not the right word, but like you didn't you didn't <laughs> have like the, the 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 spoil of like knowing like okay, and that's that celebrity that they got for this voice job for this animated right, right. movie. Um, he was just it was kind of like a wild card and and it worked for Emmett because I don't think people recognized you didn't hear that voice yet and no you didn't picture anybody the, right. the voice you heard for the character the Lego character you're watching you didn't associate with a face you didn't already associate with a personality or some award show you saw them on or some still photo of anything from previous and it worked so well I also think too the amount of um, humor that's more geared towards adults because, you know, they have to take the kids. You just don't drop your kids off at a movie. And for someone like me who doesn't have kids, like, we see the late movie, like, we're going in at 9 o'clock at night to try to get away from those children. And, like, <laughs> they put... Like, this movie was still... Even though it's Lego and it's geared towards children, a lot of what the humor is is really geared towards us. And that's something, like, I really appreciate when I go to see, like, an animated movie or something like that is, you know, how enjoyable. And they really don't take themselves too seriously. Like, Superman's in there, and Morgan Freeman is Vitruvius. And it's, you know, the the humor that... It's just kind of snarky humor, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I will say, given that, I do love the part in LEGO 2, the whole relationship with Superman and Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite aspects. I would I would actually watch, like... I don't know if a whole movie, but like a half an hour something that they did where those two were the center of it. A little short or something. <laughs> yeah. Unicode. Uh, anything done. else to add, Mike? Anything? <laughs> no, you I don't good? have anything else. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I think we're good for that one, Josh. Number 10. Um, Number 10 for me clocks in with 2000. 11 i believe 2011's red state oh okay um i've spoken about my feelings and affinity for this movie several times over the last couple of years of the show when you know kevin smith projects pop up and whatnot um like if we not that i'm begging to do one because it would be even harder but if we did like top 10 of the millennium so far <laughs> um like clerks 2 would probably be on that um, I could I could watch Clerks two at any time. I freaking love that movie. Since we're confined just to the past ten years, um, Red State is the the most adrenaline filled movie I've ever watched in my life. Um, and like in 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 a visceral way, not in a and I'm not using this comparison just to take like a shitty cheap shot, but not in like a fast and furious way or crank or some other like action movie that just yeah. has it going and going. Um, Red state. There's a couple sequences that if you are not scared for yourself as a viewer, while you are watching what is happening to these characters, um, then you're just like not the right kind of person for that movie. Um, you're not going to get out of it. What it is. It, it, it is extremely raw the style of filmmaking, the way the camera is handled, the way the camera moves, 
the 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 how it's positioned to capture actors from certain angles and positions like it's it's extraordinarily different from anything Kevin Smith has otherwise done and honestly from what a lot of other directors have ever made it it's very unique in my opinion um it, it surprisingly has a lot of i want to say cameos really but like a big like ensemble cast that people don't realize there's a lot of people that pop up in that movie in the way that you'd think of like oh Jane Silent Bob Strike Back or Reboot um the 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 main three kids i always mispronounce the one dude's name mike michael R R R jano or something like that um he was the lead student character from sky high um yeah okay kyle goner downer downer i think is in it um and if you saw his face look at his, his resume you'd recognize him uh john goodman michael pollock pops up stephen root um the the one chick the blonde uh she went on to be an argo and i think she's on something else now it it, it's surprisingly really freaking good it's also disturbing as hell (laughs) you know no no doubt about that um the 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 basis of it is in like religious extremism and what the positions of those people could lead them to do basically what if you're in if your entire life philosophy was built around hatred of certain people and at some point you realize that you need like you're running out of examples of people to hate okay but you want your followers to continue accepting this philosophy what would that lead you and the other people sort of at the top of your group to do yeah in, in order to keep giving these examples to your followers to accept, continue accepting your message. Um, it, it's really, like I said, if, if uh, the only word I can ever use for this movie is like raw, um, there, there's some like movement sequences that are, are just so freaking intense. I, uh, I, I would say, yeah, it's one of those, one of those that, you know, when I spoke earlier about how sometimes there's feelings coming out uh, of a film that, you're like, well, that that shook me or that impacted me or that was that was really, really good. But I don't know if I want to feel that again. Yeah. Th- through that particular thing. Right. I enjoy that I did once, but I don't know if I want to go through or or I don't know if I could have that experience again. It was like a one off unique thing. I could never organically feel that again just by rewatching that thing. Um, and sometimes you avoid those with Red State as uneasy as, as it makes me feel sometimes i could ride that roller coaster often how many times have you watched it since its release honestly probably only three or four okay i just didn't know because like, it is you're a talking, i wasn't sure if it was just once or if you've watched it multiple times uh, a few a few the, I, I, I was happy that i did it um during its release it was the first one actually it, this was basically the bro- the blueprint for what they did for Jay and Santa Bob's super groovy cartoon movie and what they just did for reboot. This is the first one where he took it to Sundance. Uh, you know, this is, if anyone knows anything about this, but if not, there was an sort of infamous in, in Kevin lore, Kevin Smith lore. There was an infamous, infamous episode where he took it to Sundance after the screening, he held a distributor's auction for the film and then he bought it for himself 
for $1 and then basically gave a speech to the establishment of the industry saying, F you all. <laughs> and then they took it on tour. Uh, and that's kind of what they did. It was very, it was much more limited than the following uh, picture tours were. Yeah. Um, but I was happy enough that they, they didn't come to Pittsburgh to do a live screening, but they did a uh, simulcast event. Um, so I went down to the Oaks uh, in Oakmont one night and uh, they did like, you know, a video intro, did the movie, did a Q&A afterward. Um, you know, that you at least got to see on the screen happen. Right, right. They weren't there in person. Uh, but I'm glad that I did that because it's just as unsettling, I think, watching it at home as it was in a theater, but I had no idea what to expect Yeah, going in the first time. And I kind of had a sense of like, it was initially described as like this quote, like very generic, like on IMDb for the longest time, it was just listed as Kevin Smith horror movie. That's all it was. Can and then I kind of started hearing some things about it. And there was like a basic plot synopsis put up about like, again, like these religious extremist families and whatnot. Um, but I never would have guessed what I was going to experience the first time. So I definitely want to make sure that it's uh, cemented in, in my represented. In my Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I obviously haven't seen this one, so I can't, I cannot contribute. <laughs> Mike, have you seen this? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, Anything you want to add? Uh, he did a pretty good job. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say I enjoyed it. Um, I don't hold it in, obviously the same high esteem I, I i really enjoyed the movie i think it's one of kevin's best works um yeah without spoilers i i mean i can't say a whole lot more other than the performances were fantastic and like he said i can't really find a fault with the movie without mm. spoiling anything yeah um because there is one at the very end that still puzzles me um, but again, spoilers, so we're not going to spoil anything. Watch the movie. It's really, really good. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Maybe hard to find digitally. Uh, you'll probably have to go out and find a hard copy of this somewhere. Cause as far as I know, digitally right now, it's kind of dead. Um, I've okay. tried to look for it myself. Like Amazon doesn't have it. You can't yeah. get it on Netflix or Hulu or anything. It's probably before might be, the digital might be on craze. Like, no, I think it's because it used to be, but it got pulled because of some rights. Yeah, okay. Something. Okay. Yeah, it, it was on, it streamed on Netflix. God, it had to be for like five, six years. Oh, yeah, right. okay. it, it was there for a long time, but it got yanked. And I don't know what the issue is at this point, but it uh, could be a little difficult to find. Uh, but again, hard copies are out there. You can get them. Gotcha. Uh, Paul, I'm assuming you have not seen this. Oh, many times, multiple <laughs> times, over and over again, under the headline of "No, never." <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Josh. I've never That's seen okay. it. Nothing wrong with that. It's not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, I just there, want to give the two opportunity people to here that in. like horror, and there's yeah. people here that don't. We, we're aware of this. Um, all right, we'll move on to my number ten. I kind of want to see Paula's face for this. My number ten is The Force Awakens. So it, it made my list. It did not make it high, but it made my list. Um, I fought between this and The Last Jedi. But when I was going for 
with the frame of mind of like what is more rewatchable for me if i'm choosing between the two just to throw something on and watch it force awakens is going on over the last jedi i think last jedi is a critically better movie by far and i think it's shot a lot better and and a lot it has a lot more going for it it's um, a lot prettier too yeah it was beautiful but and and you know to be fair i have not rewatched the force awakens since watching the rise of skywalker i'm afraid it's going to lose some points for me now that i know how the story ends like so much potential comes from this movie from from the force awakens that i you know when you get the answers to the to the setup that that happens in the force awakens and if you don't like the answers i don't know how well the setup is going to go anymore so i haven't rewatched it but as of right now as of today <laughs> when i made this list it is it is infinitely rewatchable for me right now so I agree with Jen. exactly what you're saying there about Last Jedi versus Force Awakens, um, because I, 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 neither one makes my list, um, but I would definitely <laughs> agree that the Force Awakens is easier to rewatch. Yeah, um, I think it's a solid half an hour shorter for one. Oh uh, yeah, it is. It's a, like a tight two hours, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, um, but it's also it's just more fun. You I mean the Last Jedi takes a lot more of a serious tone, yes. and like you said, a much critically better movie. But the Force Awakens is fun, start to finish. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's hard to really say anything against that. So, I would agree. Yeah, I agreed with a fun factor of. Uh, the Force Awakens definitely beats The Last Jedi. <laughs> but I think that's kind of why we need The Last Jedi. Because I, I don't want fun, fun, fun. Like, yeah. I also want a developed story. And I get that with The Last Jedi. Um, absolutely. But absolutely with the... I, it's such an enjoyable movie, but I'm going to keep a, a lot of those comments myself. Just in case it pops up on my list. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Spoiler. It might. It does. <laughs> Uh, Josh, you have anything to add for this one, or do you want to save it for when it hits Paula's list? <laughs> um, since I have the most distance from all that franchise uh, of, of the four of us here, um, it it actually did initially appear on my like whittle down list. So I, I went through my years, hit twenty fifteen. I'm like, hmm, okay, had that gut punch, perhaps. And again, mm-hmm. I, I think it's for some of the stuff you said, like rewatchability. It's an easy thing to connect to. It's fun. Uh, you you really care about like your three or four main characters immediately. Yeah. Uh, there's not of a like it does not take much to buy into that movie at all. Yeah. Um. In the end, so like I I got it down to like 19 movies, and then I had to trim some fat to get it to 15. It mm. did not make the 15 cut. Okay. But um. But again, I I would say from you know, someone who could kind of take or leave Star Wars on any given day, but who still enjoys it, like, absolutely thumbs up for it. It's extremely fun. It, it, it It's a good one. Yeah, I think the, I was going to point out, coming from a non-Star Wars fan, that's that's a big get, I think, for him. <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't mention the year. That was a 2015 movie. Yep. So, just FYI, for anyone paying attention. Totally paying attention. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> Um, all right, so since we will probably revisit that later, we'll move on to Mike's number nine. My number nine comes from 2011, and it's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Um, 
Part one was never going to make this list, which came out in 2010. For me. Um, the two of them are both excellent, but two is just a lot better than one. Um, but yeah, we see the end of that. I mean, how many years was it? What was it? like? Kind of like Just eight, shy of ten. Just shy of ten? Yeah, the first one was on... November 2001, and this was July 2011. Okay, so we go through the, this entire Harry Potter saga over the course of 10 years, kind of the way we did with Marvel, and, you know, we grow up with those kids, or we watch them grow up. We didn't grow up with them. I was grown, but <laughs> some people grew up with them, but we watched them grow up and make these movies for a long time, and finally getting the end to that saga, it being done properly, everything working the way it should, um... Again, spoilers are in here, so I can't really say a whole lot, obviously, because, <laughs> you know, that. but you got a lot of people in that movie, and I feel like, obviously, Fantastic Beasts is a whole thing that kicked off from it that I think we all agree hopefully gets better uh, after the second mm -hmm. one. Yeah. Um, but it's all the same. Th th this world of Harry Potter is going to keep expanding because these movies were so good. And, yeah, I I mean, I, without spoiling, I, I have a hard time getting into a whole lot. But the performances here were great. The things that happen are great. Um, and, yeah, they, they did a great service to the story. Um, and this one moves very quickly. There's not really a down yeah. moment in part two there. From the start to the end, it's just constant crazy shit happening and awesome stuff happening and you know moments that give you the feels moments that are awesome action moments that have pretty much everything possible it, it, it is really there so i think it, it goes without saying that this is this is the end game of the harry potter franchise so meaning that if you for whatever reason have not watched or read harry potter and you decide to jump in with this movie do not do that please go back and watch the entire <laughs> saga none of this will make sense yeah. yes no even though in if my... you watch a part two is the first movie you watch in a series, <laughs> yeah, <if you> don't, <laughs> like... um, but even if they started with like Deathly Hallows part one, I wouldn't even do that. Like, you no. just start oh, from no, the beginning, watch all eight movies. No, no, I will. I will put a slight critical eye on this because I think there are story decisions that they make specifically for part two that. For like, if if someone were to do that, and they're like, "Well, I don't understand what that means," um, there's like a twenty percent chance that that's okay because the way that they trim some story elements literally don't make sense. <laughs> um, and, and Mike and I have talked about those in the past, and we can grab those off air if he's curious what specifics I mean on that. But um, yeah, yeah, as as far as like a a good epic conclusion that just kind of punches from beginning to end um i i will always i i will say i it's sort of like you guys with star wars i any any harry potter is better than no harry potter yeah um yeah. but i and i've said before i really am looking forward to the day that i hope i hope i hope i hope they redo the original book series as long form television series because that oh, okay. is what yeah, it yeah. needs. Yeah. And now that like the last 10 years 
uh, television has become what it has again, it would absolutely work amazingly. Um, unfortunately, that probably won't happen until at least another decade. Yeah. Because there are two. Possibly, yeah, there's supposedly there's three more Fantastic Beasts movies coming to finish out that five part series, and the third one already got delayed a year. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's going to be, even if they keep on every other year from that point on, it's going to be at least 2025 before they finish that franchise. Right. And they're going to want somewhat of a buffer in between. There's production time. Obviously, it takes time to do that stuff. So at minimum, I think we're looking at 2030 <laughs> for it. Um, like maybe 2028 if they wanted to, like, depending on how this franchise wraps up and how long they want to take to, to jump back on. But um, if I, I had to guess longer than that. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it ended up being that 2040, way. I would say, is what you're looking at at best for that. Because the roles here were so iconic and so well cast, it's going to be very hard to shed that Yeah, for a TV series. I, I agree with that, because it's I, I think we're the generation that grew up with it. And now we are the generation starting to show our four, five, six-year-olds those films. So now that daniel radcliffe is still going to be their harry potter so you almost have to remove those kids from that that distance yep. to to be able to redefine it so yeah at least i wouldn't be shocked if it's longer than that but i'm thinking at minimum it's going to be quite, quite a while at least like 2030 um i mean these movies are so important too because i mean if you think about it you've got an entire theme park that universal has invested in and these movies are so important so that they can bring in the people to go to their theme park because if nobody knows about harry potter why you want to go to the theme park <laughs> that is true so i did love this movie too but i will always love prisoner of azkaban the best so everything pales in comparison to number three for me um but i'm glad that it, it was an amazing movie and it wrapped everything up for me um i love the way they did it i just didn't quite make my top 10 I agree about Prisoner of Azkaban, but sadly that didn't happen this decade. I know. <laughs> so it couldn't make my list. But I agree. Prisoner of Azkaban is actually my favorite movie. When, too, we, so. when we do our 20th. Our, uh, <laughs> the, the last, last 20 years. The last, last 20 years. 20 years. <laughs> uh, the medical advances <laughs> they make to allow us go for 100 years. And some, the year 2100, <laughs> we're going to be doing the last century. Uh, I can't imagine what those lists would be. I'm getting anxiety just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, like, I guess more related to, like, Harry Potter. Like, If we compare Josh and I, like, Josh is, like, he likes Harry Potter as much as I like Star Wars and vice versa. I like Harry Potter as much as he likes Star Wars type of thing. So I'm with it. I like these movies a lot. I probably has, have blasphemy not read the books. And I know I get that look from him all the time when I mention that. Um, so I'm just going by what the what the movies tell me. And uh, yeah, I did enjoy this series. I think that was part two was definitely probably one of my favorites. I think all the build up to that and same a lot of the same reasons I just like Endgame. I think it I think it capped off that series very well. It is like Mike said, nonstop. It's just like two hours of action and like plot points getting uh, tied up and conclusions to a lot of setup and stuff like that so it yeah it works really well it's a good good end for that series i enjoy it um so let's go on to paula's number nine 
My number nine is from 2015. It is Inside Out. Oh, good pull. Thank you. Um, so we have the story of an 11-year-old girl and her emotions, which I can totally relate to. <laughs> I often feel like I'm an 11-year-old girl with emotions. Um, <laughs> Me too. But <laughs> um, I love Amy Poehler. So when I found out that she was voice cast as Joy, um, my spirit animal, I was like, this is going to be amazing. And it was. Um, uh, the other girl from The Office. That was, Mindy. Is, yeah, Mindy really. is disgust. Um, Phyllis Smith is sadness, mm-hmm. which was amazing opposite Amy That Fuller's was a great Joy. choice. That was oh, a great was casting a, choice. Incredible. Um, Bill Hader is fear and um, Louis, Bl- Louis Black. Yes. As anger it was amazing. Um, the movie itself was so beautiful. Like it was very soft. Like every time you're in Riley's head, it's just visually it's beautiful. And the story, I, I mean, Bing Bong. Oh come on, Bing Bong. <laughs> I no spoilers, I promise. But yep. gosh, oh, yeah, Bing you just all you do is mention his name. Oh, we get it. My heart. So like I'm still getting feels about this movie, like. I love it. So the story is beautiful. It's why you need joy and sadness in your life. Of course, everybody does. But you need all of those emotions coming together to... Yeah, it's just a beautiful story. I love the animation. I feel like this is the second time I've said that. I love the animation! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a a great movie. And it will... It's my number nine. I... Don't, so the only top 10 of a particular year that I don't have a copy of myself that I did was the first year of the show of, of 2015. And Brian, I don't know if you still have those or not anywhere, but um, I'm pretty sure past Inside years? Out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Inside Out was on my top 10 for that year because um, I don't think we did a review show for it per se, uh, but it ended up coming up during that time. And I... I think i remember making a comment to the degree that i was happy that um disney was not afraid to make an extraordinarily smart movie that is a very abstract intellectual movie absolutely and to 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 be able to find a way to personify brain chemistry and illustrate and give visual examples to cognitive functionality was no small feat. And they knocked it out of the park, I, I think. Um, this this almost jutted in to like, the gut punch that I talked about. And the only reason I think it didn't make the cut was... I, I As much as I enjoy it, for whatever reason, I just haven't revisited it that much. So you've only seen it once? Uh, probably two or three times. Actually, I think it was the very first thing we watched just a few months ago after Disney Plus went online. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but we've re- and we we own it previously on on Blu-ray. We just hadn't really thrown it in, and I think it's maybe because one of those things like it's such a heavy lift for me. Yeah. That it, it's not you know something I want to dive back into, but it is so good every time. Yeah, it's one of those movies you have to put on expecting to feel something because it happens every time I've watched it. Yeah. I it's it's good because of that. I, yeah, 
I, it's hard not to cry every time I, mm. I put it on. So it's like I have to go into it knowing I'm going to cry. And then it's like, do I want to feel this right now? Yes or no. And then I'm, I, I can right. put it in. Yeah. They okay. also followed up with a short. Um, there was a yes. short. Uh, yeah. It was. Um, I can't remember what movie it like came Riley's in front first of. Riley's First Date or something? Yes. It was uh, incredible. And then like mom and dad get emotions. It's, yeah. <laughs> their emotions pop up. It was great. Um, but Soul is coming out this year, I believe. And I feel like it's very, it has like a similar feel, but they really haven't given us, like that's the only thing I can relate it to is like right. it has that inside out kind of feel. So I wonder if they're trying to revisit, um, revisit that. But yeah, it's, oh gosh, I love this movie. Yeah. If Soul is anything like inside out, that's going to wreck me too. Yeah. <laughs> Soul, from what I can tell, like it's my initial reaction was it kind of had, um, certain pieces of it was a mixture of Inside Out and uh, Coco. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very musical. Like, musical, but also sort of like out of body experience type of things telling part of the narrative. Um, and like the mixture of those things looks like it's going to be. I think that was on my maybe my honorable mentions, or I think I I at least quickly mentioned it in like a lightning round at the end of like yeah. twenty twenty movies, but. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm expecting that to be just as good. And Josh, for the record, I was going through my list. The far back as I go is favorites of 2016, so I don't have 2015. Oh, damn it. We're just going to have to go back and re-listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> of course, I don't know if you, it's probably past, it's obviously past two years or a year old, so I don't know where. I have to see how, how deep some of the, the archives go in certain places to see if it's even there to listen to it. I want to say last year, I when I was doing like race training, I downloaded a bunch of the old list episodes because it's just like, that's a nice, like easy way to just kind of lose yourself in listening to something. Yeah. And, um, I think I found them. So I, I think it was through okay. iTunes. I think it was, I know on like a, before we changed, uh, podcasting hosting sites on Libsyn, you can go back the entire catalog. I don't know if anchor does that. It would take some research to see if it allows us to do that. Okay. Check the, check the website and stuff, but, uh, all right. Anything else to add for inside out? Nothing. All right. Uh, Josh, number nine. Okay. Uh, we just sort of skimmed it uh, a moment ago with, with Mike's selection. My number nine is actually Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Really? All right. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, the, 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 the sequel so far, Crimes of Grindelwald, notwithstanding, um, sort of like you said with, uh, you know, going back to watch Force Awakens after seeing Rise of Skywalker. Um, I have my issues with, with my story issues with Grindelwald and, mm. um, but I don't think, I don't think there's much in it that soils anything that happens in Fantastic Beasts in terms of like setup elements or, or anything like that. Um, so I think as, as a standalone film, I think that the casting of all the four main characters was wonderful. Um, even your fifth with like, with Colin Farrell um mm. throw in ezra miller but like your like your core you know four of the group you're following um it was just really great i i hands down love jacob kowalski and i love the dynamic yeah. that they build up with him and um queenie during the movie like the ending of that movie those last couple minutes with the four of them mm. just, just like perfect the 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 I'll, I'll definitely call out the music in in some of those scenes the themes that they came up with to complement some of those the composite of all that is happening right there to, to, 
it, to me, it, it's perfectly put together. Um, and there's definitely something about the character of Newt Scamander that I really take to. Um, I said, notwithstanding the like broader story elements that you know occurred in, in uh, Grindelwald, um, the stuff that occurs in in the first movie with with Newt, I absolutely could continue watching his adventures. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit surprised this this ended up as high on your list as it did. I I I feel like I remember talking about it when it came out. And I don't feel like remembering if maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I don't remember you being that high on it even when it came out. The first one, I I think it was my number one of 2016. Ooh, see, now I'm going to have to... That list, I think I have, so I'm going to have to go look. <laughs> so, it, it um, like, over time, it, it has gotten better and better to me. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It is your number one from 2016, so mm-hmm. that makes more sense now. Maybe I'm <laughs> melding it together with when we talked about uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah, which only well, hit, that... like, at final, like, seven or eight that year. I mean, for me, I feel like I'm looking forward still to what they have coming next. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where I felt they they had such a good movie with Fantastic Beasts that they, I don't know, I it feels like Rams Grindelwald was a fumble. Like, they just screwed up a lot of things, and I'm hoping they can recover from that. And bring it back more around to the way that Fantastic Beasts felt. And, I mean, that's to be seen. But as far as Fantastic Beasts goes, I agree. Jacob is one of my favorite Potter world characters, whatever you want to call it. The Potter my spirit animal. <laughs> what, what do they call it? Like the magic universe or something? They call uh, it the, the Wizarding World. It. Wizarding World, mm-hmm. yeah. He's one of my favorite characters in that wizarding world now. He's fantastic. Dan Fogler is just great. Yeah. So, he's playing it great. The relationship he has with Queenie's great. Newt, again, same kind of thing. The first movie, I felt really connected with him. I felt like it was great. Everything he was doing was great. In the second film, it was like, not as much. Yeah. So I feel the, like they got a lot of work to do. Yeah. This, the second one's problems were all story. Yes, I yeah. agree. It, it, it really was. And, and in my opinion, not really even the Grindelwald side of the story. It was all of the other story that seemed to be happening that appeared to not matter whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. In defense of the second one... Um, sexy Dumbledore. So um, I would not be Sarah's friend if I did not mention sexy Albus Dumbledore. You're welcome, Sarah. And and, and we will presumably be continuing to get sexy Dumbledore for the next three chapters. Yes. Knowing, yeah. where, knowing where this is supposed to end up, it would only make sense that he's mm-hmm. along for the rest of the ride. Absolutely. Okay. And as much as I like Jude Law, that, that part of it still doesn't make sense to me. Um. Him as Dumbledore still doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's it's just the character and and the actor. But I'm just saying, we already have this really well-established character. And it just does not fit with Jude Law for me. I love Jude Law. It's just the the combination of the two together somehow. It's perfect. You're welcome. (laughs) I finished it for you. Yeah. The correct way. Okay. I mean, we'll see where it goes from here. But I'm still... I, I don't know. The character doesn't feel Jude Law to me. Well, it feels but fine. It's, it's, <laughs> it feels fine. 
<laughs> Listen, you can like Jude Law all you want. It's we just, might have already been in the the bright guy and super friends after dark. Yeah. I think Paul is taking <laughs> right now. Uh, I think but, I I think I've only seen this movie once. I, I think once, maybe maybe twice at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I, like I think I remember enjoying it, but not like blown away by it. So maybe it's at the point where I need to rewatch it and see what I think about it. If you guys are speaking that highly of it, yeah, I I, I definitely honestly we haven't rewatched Grindelwald since the theater, even though we bought it on Blu-ray like a year ago. Yeah, we still haven't rewatched it, which I, I should do. Um, but I think it's definitely worth a, a, a rewatch. It's it it. it if I had to sum the whole movie up, I would I just I would just call it charming. Okay, agreed. Yeah, that's a good term for it. So yeah, probably said problems of the sequel so far, notwithstanding. Uh, I think this is uh, a really solid entry. Gotcha. All right. Uh, anything else to add for this one? We'll move on to my number nine. Nothing. All right. Uh, my number nine. My number nine is from 2015. This is Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Uh, again, trying to stick to one franchise, I could very easily have put Fallout on here too, because Fallout is freaking amazing also. Uh, but between those two, Rogue Nation, I think, is a tighter film. I think it, it moves nonstop. I think the story's a lot better. Some of the action sequences I think I like better in Rogue Nation, even though Tom Cruise is still fucking insane uh, <laughs> and does crazy shit in both movies. I think... Rogue Nation for me is the one. If again, if I'm just picking one Mission Impossible movie to watch over and over again, Rogue Nation is my pick. I think it's fantastic. So in this decade, you had three to pick from. So is like easily is Ghost Protocol at the bottom of those three for you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I don't like. I I know a lot of people really enjoy Ghost uh, Ghost Protocol, and I like it. But compared to the last two that we got, I think it's far and away the lowest of the three of those three. See, for me, I look at it, I, I kind of view all three of them equally, where, like, I love all of them, but I couldn't tell you on any given day which one I like more. Do you watch them, numer- like, have you watched them repeatedly, or have you only seen them, mm-hmm. like, once or twice? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I own all of them, and I watched, I've watched Ghost Protocol more because it's been out longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be the only reason I'd say I've watched it more times, is just more opportunities to do it. But, like, if I think I want to watch a Mission Impossible movie, I'm just like, well, what's the last one I watched? So I'll watch a different one from that. Of those yeah, I mean, three. there's, there's really no like... bad Mission Impossible movie except for maybe two. All the all the other ones, I think, are, are really solid, and I could, yeah. I could watch them at any point. Two is, two is a slog to get through now. Not when it, when it came out, I remember loving two, but it, it's Compared definitely falling down the list. Compared to what we've gotten since, it's yeah, yeah. definitely been outclassed, and you're seeing it now, and you're like, yeah, I don't need to watch that again. Yeah, and I keep just having Christopher McQuarrie involved with the next couple. Like, he's doing 7 and 8, who he did Rogue Nation and uh, Fallout, which up until him coming back has been a different director for every movie. So they think they've realized they've hit a formula with him, and it's working. So he's in for the long haul, and he just keeps adding more cast that I'm getting excited for for the next couple, so I'm excited to see where they go. But yeah, I'm 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 pumped. Agreed. So there's six Mission Impossible movies right now with two to come? Yes. Yes. Okay. At least two. Have you seen any of them, Paula? No. Okay. Add that, add that to the list of Spider-Man movies and stuff we have to get yeah. through with you, too. I, I think I, you did promise me a, like a, a Mission Impossible day. Or, okay. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm down for that anytime. I'll say, Paula, I think like I'm a later convert 
to the Mission Impossible films. I remember seeing the first one in like the late 90s, even though I think it was like 95 maybe. Um, I only saw two and three once a piece sometime in college, I think. And uh, I think it was really not until Fallout that I, I think Fallout ended up at like number two for me on 2018. Um, that I really kind of these lists out. I keep coming. Back I kind of came back around to like, oh wow, well, that he was just really said... damn good. Um, like I had seen Ghost Protocol. It's that's that's four and uh, Rogue Nation that Brian's talking about is five. Um, but yeah, I think I like in retrospect now, kind of looking at them as like a whole body of of a series. I mean, it's like twenty five years already that this spans. You know, from ninety nine to present, and or ninety five, and I, Brian and I was saying this last night that we think the next one like number seven is supposed to be maybe 2021 if not 22 at the earliest 2021 yeah yeah so like at this point like this is going to be like a 30 year series at least and tom cruise is still running yeah Yeah. that's incredible always running (laughs) um and he still looks mostly the same that's the crazy part yeah he does not look that much older than he did in the first one he is that much older but he doesn't look that much older so, but he's, he, I don't know, he's hes a small guy, so I guess that. that, that. <laughs> if you're tiny, you live longer and look better children. as you get older. Well, yeah. <laughs> Science. Scientology. Uh, he probably, there's, yeah, there's probably some of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually what it is. It's the, it's the alien technology. Yeah. Or the alien, isn't that what Scientologists believe? It's the alien living inside him or Bring something? Up. <laughs> something about blood. Got some wrinkles I need to take care of. <laughs> So, yeah. But yeah, as, as a recommendation, it's, it's a really solid series. I agree. And you're right, Josh. It was number two for you, 2018. Number two. Two. It's for you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to bring it in for round it out to Mike's number eight. My number eight is the first time one of my top ten uh, from our previous list occurs. And it was my number one from 2018. And that's Ready Player One. Woo! Um, <laughs> I, I, does that make your list too? Is that why you're wooing? Um, but uh, I'm not. Nonetheless, Ready Player One, um, fantastic book, turned into a very good adaptation on the screen. Um, just like any time. Maybe not quite as good as the book, but that never really happens. Um, yeah, I mean, I've watched this movie, I can't tell you how many times in the last couple of years. Uh, start to finish, I love it. I love what they did with it. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's not a whole lot to say about it if you haven't seen it without getting into spoiler content. But the quest for the Easter egg is an awesome watch. I wish they had had the ability. The only like drawback for me is like they had had the ability to use Disney products more. Um, because some of the stuff that's missing would have been better with a little bit of inclusion of Disney properties that they did not have access yeah. to. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, still amazing to watch. Check it out if you've never watched it. It's a fun movie. It's It tells a good message, and it hits notes that you don't think it's going to hit. Um. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this surprisingly did not make any of my list, but I 
again, not because I don't like it. It's definitely some of the higher move, like up and up in my list of favorites for the past decade, for sure. I just when I was getting to the end and cutting it down, I I did not let it make make my list. Um, anybody else? Anything to add? No, I completely agree. Love the cast. Love the story. Read the book after I saw the movie. Yeah, okay. So I really, I think maybe I'm endeared to the movie a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. On, I think Brian, on your recommendation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad you liked it then. Very much so. Uh, all right. So we'll go to Paula's number eight. Okay. Are you ready? Here it comes. <laughs> the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. So this is actually from 2018. It's a Netflix movie. Um, it's with Lily. Oh gosh, Lily James is. I feel like you have to say that title again because I completely. Was oh, sure. Not expecting that. <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> I told you, get ready. <laughs> I warned you. She did. The actually, Guernsey. True. That's fair. <laughs> the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Society. Now, um, I've watched this. I stopped counting it maybe five times. Um, but I am also a romance junkie and I love the story in this. It is, it is a very good story, but there's also a romance in it. It's, um, this island off of England called Guernsey and it's the story of the, this community and what they went through during World War II occupation. Um, but it also, there's flashbacks back to that occupation, but there's also, um, the story about what's happening now and this author is having is writing letters to the people of Guernsey it was it was a book first um the book's a little bit slower of course but um she's writing letters to a farmer on Guernsey and she ends up going there because she wants to write the story that that is their story and how they became the potato peel society to kind of get together during Nazi occupation because you couldn't just have a have a group of people to getting together unless you had a specific reason. So they came up with this whole reason, um, a book club, but they also made, they didn't have much to eat. So they were making potato pie, which was horrible to eat. Um, but the story is beautiful. I love it. It's shot. I mean, it's, it's very brown. The movie's very brown. Um, that's a, I mean, they didn't have much color back then, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is. It is an amazing story. I love it. I watch it. It also has um, uh, Matthew Good in it, who I love Matthew yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's it, it's not a super fun story, but it does have a happy ending. <laughs> so there's, spoilers. There's, sorry. There's a sad ending, a happy ending. You get both endings. Um, <laughs> but the story in it is is very intriguing. I love it. And um, I I did just recently purchase the book, so haven't read it yet. I have the book. Okay. Yeah, I can flat out say I know nothing about this movie, so okay. I have I have nothing to contribute for this. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know it existed until you said it. To be completely honest, that's just... okay. But I am now currently searching for it, and we'll give it a shot. Thanks. Yeah, there's enough stuff that I think is buried in Netflix that you know shows up for different people's cues and recommended lists and stuff that it's easy for if you're not into the the romance stuff that you're just never going to see it on Netflix at all. Unless you're specifically yeah. looking for it. Right. And I, you know, I watched it because initially I'm like, oh, a, you know, a World War II romance. Yeah. But the story itself is very intriguing as well. And I really, I really liked, uh, I was very surprised. Happy, okay. sad. I got all the emotions with this so much so yeah, that yeah. I'd, you know, every time I'm like sitting there building with Lego or cross-stitching, I'm like, I'm going to watch 
Potato Peel Society. Fair enough. Good deal. Uh, I guess, Josh, that brings us to your number eight. Uh, my number eight, I guess maybe our first overlap, if I'm not right. Uh, my number eight is Lego Movie. Yay! Oh, okay. Nice. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Again. Reprise. Uh, all right, so that brings us to my number eight. My number eight is Spotlight from 2015. Wow. That's okay. The, yeah, it's 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 a heavier subject movie matter movie it's matter movie. Yeah, um, <laughs> words. But yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, but I don't, there's something about this. I don't. I I came to it late. Like I know it was nominated for like best picture and won. I think for or maybe it did win. Did it win best picture? I can't remember. It might but have. I know it was nominated a lot the year it came out. It won some awards. Caught it like a year or two later, and I don't know. It hooked me. I I the story I think is so well done. Uh, like I said, the subject matter is pretty heavy, but uh, just the way the story goes and the way that it snowballs. So it's about like the the Boston Globe breaking the story of the priests molesting a bunch of kids up there, and how systemic that is. So it's like they just just to see the story start with one clue and then they go to the next one and the next step, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until they don't know what to do with it anymore. It's a very interesting story, and I've. It's one of those movies where it's like anyone that's like, I haven't seen that. I'm like, I'm watching it with you. Let's watch it because I, I don't know. Hmm. And it's it's again, it's it's hard to be like, yeah, that movie sounds fun and I'm going to watch that. But I don't, I don't care. I would instantly watch it again for anyone that wants to watch it. I think it's so well done and just, yeah, really, really good. It's on Hulu right now. So you have Hulu. There you go. Yeah. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I think it's really, really good. Anybody else see it? Anybody else chime in? Chime in? I've I've seen it. Um, I it was very good, but I don't have a whole. I don't have like the rewatchability to it. I think yeah. that you're having. Yeah, which um, is weird. Like it, you you tell someone what the movie is about, and then you're like, you want to watch that again? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I definitely went back to the you know some of my sentiments at the beginning. There's a whole slew of movies that I went through for the decade, like this, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, The Big Short. That I'm like, oh my god, that was so damn good. Yeah. Um, but it's I'm I'm very happy to hear that not only did you enjoy it enough once for it to have this impact on you, but it actually for you it does have uh, a rewatchability factor. So that's great. Yeah. And I don't again, I couldn't tell you why, but I, I would instantly rewatch it anytime anybody wants to. And if it's if it's on, if like if I catch it on TV, I'm going to sit there and watch it. It's just one of those type of movies for me. Wow. See, it, I, it, with what Josh said, it doesn't make my list, but the big short is a movie I could watch more than once. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Spotlight is not the same for me. Fair enough. But it, it I feel like they're both fucking fantastic movies. Just yeah. rewatchability I think works better for me for Big Short. Yeah. That's fair. Uh all right, so we'll go to Mike's number 7. So I think we talked a little at the beginning about like movies I when I looked up the list and I was like, oh, holy shit, that actually was during this decade. This has to make my list. I kind of felt like this was maybe beforehand. But when I looked and I saw the year was 2010, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm, I thought that's where you're going with that. Uh, damn it. Is number seven for me from 2010. I thought this was earlier than that. I did not realize this was during this decade. Otherwise, it would have been immediately in my brain to make this list. Um. If you've never seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World, this is Edgar Wright. This is 
Chris Evans maybe having the most fun in any role <laughs> I've ever seen him have. Um, Michael Sarah being Michael Sarah to the maybe the best he's ever been. Oh yeah, he, he, as Michael Sarah in himself. Yeah, his Sarahist. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. This was kind of maybe not her first role, but this was like the first thing I would say people really noticed her that enjoyed this genre. Um, and don't I'm, so, I'm going to be flat others. out and say that if this does not make Josh's top ten just for that reason, I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> he forgot about it. He didn't. I see the look on his face. <laughs> he you, didn't realize this was in this decade either. Do you want to hear how dumb I am? <laughs> <laughs> so if you if if you're listening and you don't know, I am the one who always writes up the walking between two world centuries <laughs> uh, for the Facebook Which page, and I j- literally just did this four days ago and i was re-evaluating and like re-reviewing this list for this episode like last night and this morning and in in the write-up for mary elizabeth winston that i just did four days ago i specifically i didn't i think i even threw out the year like 2010 scott pilgrim versus the world for scott pilgrim in that and i and specifically (laughs) i think i did mention it was 2010 and it did not occur to me for some reason whatsoever. <laughs> See, I told you, uh, like, leading up to, like, the things that I was looking at to remind myself, like, what came out each year and whatnot, this must have just not been anywhere that I could reference to put on, like, the diary log that I was looking at. So yeah. it completely sure. escaped me. I knew this was going to happen with a few. Yeah. I yeah, just th- watched this this year. Or last year, I should for say. For the first time? Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, wow. I had one of, one of those days where you're on the couch and you have the flu and you're like oh my gosh i need something entertaining i loved it it was so much fun that's a great flu yeah. movie it is <laughs> it's just a great movie anytime movie this is a movie that I, this will never get old no matter how many times i watch it you know and that's why it's here like i said before my top seven once i looked at all this was pretty much decided and determining where to put this was really difficult in that top seven and it, it makes that top seven easily just for all the reasons I've said. And if you want to talk about Between Two Worlds, you can take pretty much this movie's entire cast now, with the exception yeah, of Michael Sarah, just about and do a Between Two Worlds from that cast. And there, I really feel like they're all having so much fun. If you're not aware of what I'm talking about, Brie Larson, Brandon Ruth, Chris Evans, um, Thomas Jane. Yeah, Thomas Jane's there. It, it, like it's just the cast just gets so deep and they all have so much fun in the roles they're playing um also if you haven't played the video game i recommend going and playing scott pilgrim it's an excellent video game too um but the whole premise of the movie is amazing everything about it go and watch this fun story um, yeah I shockingly Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I could very well just gush about this movie for a very long time, because I, I love everything <laughs> about it. Yeah. And for me, the shocking thing is this is the only one from Edgar Wright that makes my top ten. I'm sure Brian, I believe, is going to be different on that if I had to guess, but... I Two of his made my top fifteen. Same here. Yeah. I, I have one of my honorable mentions. Yeah, um, I, I do as well. I, again, I tried not to front load them, but yeah. Yeah. But this is probably still my favorite Edgar Wright movie, um, personally. The Cornetto trilogy is great, but Scott Pilgrim, man, this movie is just 
I'm, I'm shocked it's only at seven, but I guess that means the 2010s were just that good. Yeah, I think um, I th- I think this is the movie that solidified Edgar Wright for me. I came to Shaun of the Dead late. Uh, I think Hot Fuzz was really my first one that I really saw of his, and then I saw this one next, and I was like, yep, I'm following what this guy does, because th- he's hitting all the marks for me between those two movies. It's a yeah. video game movie, it's an action movie, it's a comedy, it looks incredible. It Yeah, the shots, the, the style that this is done with is so yeah. different. Yeah, it remind like a little bit like uh, it reminds me kind of like Speed Racer, where Speed Racer like leans into the the animation style of the show. Yeah. This movie leans into that video game style. Yeah, like, there's, there's points and scores that you'll yeah. see pop up above people's heads randomly at different times. The minute it's... he kills the first ex boyfriend and the coins drop, I'm like, "Yep, I'm in. Yeah. Let's do it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is great. And yeah, I um, I love the supporting yeah. cast as well. Like you have those main people, but then you throw in Kieran. Culkin and Allison oh, Pill. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Allison Pill yeah. in this. Yeah. Uh, Schwartzman, just like everyone else that they interact with, Aubrey Plaza, Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Like it, it's such a good cast. And it was like yeah, again, like talking about that sweet spot earlier with um, uh, Chris Pratt. Like I think that this was a great sweet spot for some of these people, like Anna Kendrick, Audrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, like they were popping up, and you might have recognized. Oh, did I? Is that a familiar face? I don't really know. But it kind of threw them all yeah, together, and it's like, oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, ten years later, you go back and watch this movie, and everyone is familiar to you in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, I all think right, the so only we'll go... one that was already superhero at that time is Brandon Ruth, and everybody else was after. In terms of Chris, Chris Evans, might have been fantastic. He was, yeah, he was Torch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Human Torch beforehand. That's right. Never mind. But then, but in terms of like A-listers and you know recognizable name recognition and all that, yeah, like every every single person, you start checking the list. Yeah. Yep. Uh, All right, so we'll go to Paula's number seven. From 2016, Rogue One. Okay. So unlike you, Ryan, um, my (laughs) soon my list is going to be chock full of Star Wars. I I assumed as much. So yeah. Um, I was very conflicted when I first saw this, so I had to see it a couple more times. Um, but yeah, the it introduces us to K2SO. Um, Jen Erso, I love her story. Um, I think that Ben Mendelsohn makes an amazing villain. Yes. Um, Diego Luna as Cassian, loved it. Um, Forrest Whitaker was there as Saw Gerrera. Hooray. Um, nice. So I. <laughs> the, it was beautiful too. Like Jetta was amazing. The you know, um, I just love the planets. It was just an amazing story. And even like the saltiest Star Wars fan loves. Rogue One, because yeah. um, the story was just great. But there's some of it that I wasn't happy with, and I got over it because of the overall story. So certain parts of it that I was like, eh, I don't, I yeah. wish it was different. Doesn't matter because overall the whole story was fantastic. So as um, the first standalone Star Wars story, I think they knocked it out of the park. I will watch this anytime I see it on TV if it pops up or if I'm in like a mood for a Star Wars, I'll put it on. Um, but it it really, I was very happy with it after <laughs> the second, third, maybe fourth viewing. I was like, yeah, this is, stop being stupid, Paula. This is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, next to Last Jedi, I think Rogue One has some really incredible shots in it. Like just stuff yeah. that looks great in the frame. Just think- the, seeing the Star Destroyer over Jetta is just it's such a great looking shot the two scenes I, I with mean, vader too oh 
God, yeah. Sorry, I won't tell you well, about them, yeah, but I'll tell you there's two scenes. <laughs> that the scene when, well, the the scene. I know that scene where we see the star destroyer in action. Let's say we we won't spoil anything just in case. But when you see the star destroyer in action, that whole sequence is incredible. Mm. Um, Rogue One appears on my list and is the only Star Wars movie on my list, and it's much higher. Okay, for me. So I, I we'll get to that for me when the time. Comes. So I'll. I'll chime in just for it to make sense uh this made one of my honorable mentions and uh, it is the only star wars movie that made any of the 15 okay um and I, it it is a standout to me because i it was easy to divorce myself from the whole rest of the mythology yeah that's fair yeah i, I, I didn't need to care number one you already knew what the end result was going to be yeah, everyone knew what happens because there's not even ambiguity in you know a new hope as to whether they make it or not or like you know what the goal, especially if you knew kind of going in what the movie was supposed to be about. Yeah, you knew what the end resolution was going to be. You knew at least one major aspect of the plot, and knowing that, but assuming that you that I wouldn't really have to worry about what happens in the rest of you know the saga proper. As as, uh, as a result of anything else that's going on, it was easy to just like sit back and enjoy this as a really good like space western adventure, uh, bandit. I mean, it's, like throw whatever other like mix of genres in that you want to here. Um, it it was really enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so we'll go to Josh's number seven. Uh, I will try to keep my comments limited as much as possible on this one, even though it'll be extremely hard to do so. <laughs> Number seven for me is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Ooh. Really? Not right. one? Okay. Yeah. I As much as I absolutely love the first one, there was, and still continues to be almost three years later, there's undoubtedly some emotional connection that I have to volume two. And I think it's mainly for the rocket and Yondu. Uh, like break off oh, storylines. Yeah, that was good. Um, when I tend to think of my favorite parts of that movie and what really hits. Um, I I enjoy like the Star-Lord track and his father and all that. But what sets the movie apart for me is Rocket's growth and Yondu's storyline. I mean, in Baby Groot, of course. It helps. <laughs> doesn't Baby Groot doesn't hurt. It does. And the thing that I liked about that, I mean, if you since it was brought up, Baby Groot absolutely could have been so overdone in that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think it was used very effectively at the right times and in the right ways. Yes. Yeah. Without spoiling the, the whole sequence of him bringing them different yes. things. Yes, <laughs> One of my favorite Marvel movements, moments of any of like, the comedic stuff they did that might be my favorite <laughs> in any Marvel movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a reason that I got a you know, Yondu present Christmas pack from <laughs> Paula this year because she knows. Uh, there's a reason that I worked for 
like three months and really w- wanted to do it for like two and a half years to make myself as yondu as I could for Halloween this past year. You looked amazing. Uh, well, thank yeah. you. Uh, for as much of like a do-it-yourself, like, you know, crappy cosplay type thing as possible. Um, so, yeah, it, it absolutely resonates with me every single stinking time. So, I, it's, I would freely admit that most people would probably say that, and even me to some degree, is the first one overall the better movie? Probably. Right. Um, amazing character development in that. Better overall plot. It's more layered. Uh, it, it is. But for for me, for my favorites, 100%, I can... I, I, I kid you not. Granted, it was sort of in anticipation because I knew we'd be doing this today. But like, while I showered today, I put volume two soundtrack like on my phone in the bathroom. <laughs> I might have to like, try that. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the soundtracks from both of those movies are amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I, they, they did a really good fucking job with that. Yeah. And I actually think I, I do. like I think I like the soundtrack from number two even better, even though the, like, the first one is really, really good. Um, yeah. So th- this this will take a long time to not end up on a top ten list for me. Gotcha. Yeah, it's always funny how what you know when you finally sit down to think about your list and some of the stuff that you cut that you thought for sure would have just made it in immediately. Yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> all right, so we'll go to my number seven. My number seven is from twenty seventeen. It is Logan. It's another movie that I think is pretty heavy, but God damn it. If I'm honestly, if I'm watching an X-Men movie, I don't really want the fun ones. I want to watch Logan. I think Logan was really, really well done and such a good final movie for Hugh Jackman and that character and what they could do. And yeah, it's, it, it, it's everything that you wanted Wolverine and Logan to be in the previous movies. Just, they finally get a chance to do it. It's just somber and not, it's, it's not a happy ending, but it's so fucking good what they give them to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's I not necessarily the it. saddest ending either. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a heartfelt ending. It's a fantastic ending. But I wouldn't say it's the saddest thing. I fair. again, without That's spoilers, fair. yeah, it's it hits hard. Let's yeah. say it that way. It hits hard, but it's not necessarily that sad. I don't know how I, a better way to say it. Yeah, but. I mean, it makes uh, yeah, my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, and for that very reason, like you said, for me, there's there's only really two X Men movies I can still watch repeatedly, and that's Days of Future Past and Logan. And Logan made my honorable mentions. Days of Future Past doesn't make my list. Yeah. But it's hard. It's a harder watch because you know how it ends after you watch it the first time, and it's a very like you said, it's very heavy by comparison to any other superhero movie that you're going to watch, really. It's kind of like like we talked about Inside Out, where it's like you just have to go in knowing you're going to feel things when you're watching this, and you just have to be ready yes. to do that. There is a mo- there is one moment of that ending that breaks me every time I watch it, um, and that's never going to change. Yeah. The very last so. action that's taken? Yes, for me, yeah. yes. Yep. <laughs> Because I never saw that happening. It didn't even ever occur to me to do that. And no. it took me about Why would two it? full... And, 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 and Even though it's like two seconds in your head, it feels way longer. Yeah. It happened, and I'm like, why'd she do that? Oh! <laughs> and then I started crying. Yeah, and 
And so, I feel like even some of the action sequences too, I think are taught like levels above the stuff that we get in some of the X-Men movies prior. Well, they let Wolverine be Wolverine with the R rating. Yeah. Which yeah. definitely changes the I have unbreakable razor sharp claws aspect to Wolverine where yeah. we don't really see that in PG-13 movies because right. you just can't. So, yeah, it definitely has that going for it. Um, yeah, I, I felt like it was extremely good start to finish and definitely worthy. Yeah. Um. All right, so we'll spin it back around to Mike for number six. My number six comes from 2014, and that is Edge of Tomorrow. Mm, um, good pill. Edge of Son Tomorrow of is... Bitch, I had the Josh moment where I just realized I forgot about this movie <laughs> entirely. <laughs> um, Edge of Tomorrow is my personal favorite Tom Cruise movie ever. Um, I love this movie. The aspect of... Like, the... It's not really a spoiler. Like, The Edge of Tomorrow is Tom Cruise living the same day over and over again and trying to figure out a way to come out of it ahead at the end. Very Groundhog Day, but action science fiction movie. And, you know, it's one of those movies that sounds like a shtick at first, but you get to the last third of the movie... And then it starts to have a heart, too. And you're like, well, shit, I didn't see that coming either. So, as a science fiction movie, as a Tom Cruise movie, as a... Which I think is its own genre, personally. Today, Tom Tom Cruise is his own kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it it hits the right notes for all of those things. Yeah, I mean, it ticks off every box I would want a science fiction movie to tick off. It ticks off Tom Cruise boxes just right. It hits you just right for everything. Emily Blunt was fantastic in this movie. I was going to yeah. ask you, how and is she in an action movie? Because she's Mary extremely Poppins. Extremely good. <laughs> Did, Mary exactly, Poppins kicking well, ass? I don't know how if I can buy that. That's well, Fun fact, she was supposed to be Black Widow before Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. She, uh, her her and Krasinski watch. got pregnant, though, and she had to drop uh, out. Bummer. Yep. Um, did you, Paula, um, did you ever see Sicario? No, I did not. There's not as much of it to this extent, but I think you get a taste of what she could be in like an intense situation like that. Um, she's not really a combatant per se, but definitely like uh, action plots and whatnot. Um, I mean, this is probably the most, I mean, would you guys agree that probably this is like the most action-y role she's ever had so far? That I know of. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know a lot of her resume, so I can't pick out what else she's been in. But she kicked ass in Devil Wears Prada. I mean, (laughs) just saw her moves. Amazing. I mean, and even in Edge of Tomorrow, there's not really that many pure action sequences for her. Granted, Um, but she she fits in well. Generally, in the movie, they yeah, no, she fits in just. Yeah, she doesn't seem look out of place whatsoever. I'm pretty sure she bulked up a little bit of muscle for the movie too. Because, I mean, she actually looks, like, fairly muscular yeah, um, for the role. Um, and it's definitely, like I said, I, I can watch this movie as many times as it's on. I put it on all the time. And, yeah. It, it's, it ticks off all the boxes, and that's why it's there. I can enjoy it every time. Yeah, there's something 
this is the movie I feel like if people don't like Tom Cruise, watch this anyway because you see Tom Cruise die repeatedly in <laughs> hilarious different ways. So it's a little bit cathartic maybe that way for you. And it's still a good fucking movie, so you get both. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, that's one of the premises of the movie is that every time he dies, the day resets. That's like the, the basis of how the film starts. And yeah. that goes from there. That's like stuff that would be in the trailer is... Like, he dies and the day resets. He dies and the day resets. And there's some of them that every time it just makes me laugh. Yeah. When he's doing, I'm not going to say what happens, but when he's doing the push-ups. Yes. And he tries something, it just, every time, that just makes me crack up laughing. It, it, it's both the scream and the stupidity of what he's trying to do at the same time that make it so great. So. It's a, it's a, it's a different, like, uh, Tom Cruise, I think, we can I can give him more credit for this movie than the fact that he actually tried to play a different character. He's not like the Tom Cruise action guy in this movie. He starts out at a very different place, and over the course of the movie gets to that point. And where he starts is not typical Tom Cruise. He just, he's weaselly and like just yeah, kind of a dick. And and he pulls it off too. Yeah, like you for, buy it. for those portions of the movie, he pulls it off. Yeah, so he gets to be himself. Very nice. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Excellent. Never met him. Yeah, this is this was definitely a fuck up on my part. This would have made my list, and I I when I was whatever I was looking at, I did not immediately see it, so I did not add it to my first pass of what my favorites were. Well, you can always boot your number fifteen off and make it your last honorable mention. Yeah, it it deserves more than that, though. That's what I'm saying. It should have been in my top ten for sure. To, to be fair, if any of the rest of my movies do that to you, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> Those two, the last two, I could see, it, you know, they're periphery, but they're so fucking good. But the top five here, if you weren't aware of them, yeah, that, that'll be. A shame I've watched it. So it should be the last time I do it to you. Like I, I love that movie too. It's just that's that's a that's a kick in the teeth for me. I'm, I missed that. I fucked up. <laughs> Amend your list afterwards so you can remember yeah. what it actually was after you do the show. <laughs> But that that's the thing. If as soon as I start editing, I'm going to start editing more things. I just, I can't just move one thing out and put something else in. So it's going to be a whole whole other ordeal. Um That's fair. All right. We'll go to Paula's number 6. That would be from 2012. That would be The Avengers. Oh, nice. Okay. Yes. So, um I really wasn't in to um I really didn't watch a lot of Marvel movies before this one came out. So Blasphemy. I really wasn't invested. And then after I saw it, I'm like, what am I missing? Because um, <laughs> when we started the podcast, we were talking about like the feels and like I left the theater with so many feels from this movie. Um, also, Loki. So <laughs> side note. <laughs> bye bye. Um, but the movie itself was amazing. And I left like I need to watch everything that I haven't watched. So yeah. I reinvested and I'm so glad I did because the whole franchise is amazing. So um I was more of an X-Men person growing up, so I never really, you know, dived into any of this side of Marvel, so I had yeah. a lot to learn. I'm still learning a lot, and I have a lot of questions <laughs> about superheroes and which ones I don't know and storylines and things like that, so I think, Brian, I always come to you with questions about this sort of thing, yeah. um, backstories and whatnot, so, but this movie really, I, I love it. I We'll watch it anytime it's on, and it's on a lot. <laughs> so, wait, Paula, I didn't know that part of it. Did you not even see any of the Phase 1 movies? Like, was this your so first funny. of that? 
So when I started working for Disney, uh-huh. um, we had a lot of like Iron Man and Captain America, America product. And I'm like, you know what? I've never seen these movies. Yeah, I've never, I've never watched them. So I went into maybe I watched Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I'm like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? So then, yes, then I went back and watched the movies and they're obviously all incredible. And that's, of course, leads me to Peggy Carter and she's amazing. And so, yeah, I've this movie was the rabbit hole for me to get yeah. into this universe because mostly I'm, you know, eat, live, breathe, die Star Wars. So like this yeah. was a whole new world for me. <laughs> And if you're going to like if you haven't watched any other Marvel movies and just want to start with like a big main Marvel movie, this is this would still work. I think yeah. you could see this without really needing to see the other phase one movies. Um, it's nice to have that backstory. It's you can definitely go back and watch them after you watch the first Avengers. But if you just want to start somewhere and see what this is all about, the first Avengers is a, is a great way to do it. Yeah, I yeah, never I saw anything before that in theater. So, yeah, this one was the first. I think it's probably like one of my top three like theater going experiences too. Mm -hmm. Seeing this at midnight when it first came out opening weekend was fucking amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. I agree. Um, It makes my honorable mentions and it is just one of those iconic films that started off all of this. We may not be where we're at today had this movie not done as well as it did. Yes. If this had tanked in some way, had they messed this movie up? any of that happened, we don't get the rest of the Marvel Universe. We may get another attempt at it, but we don't get that. Um, We don't get to where we are now, at least. And um, It's like, not even just for Marvel movies, for for movie franchises. Like, everybody wants to copy the Marvel formula because of what Avengers did. And it's funny, like, if you go back and think about, if you followed that stuff back then, Warner Brothers was on the verge of doing Justice League before Avengers. Yes. They were they were ready to go, they had a cast, and then the writer strike happened and that movie fell apart. They couldn't get it back together. It it disintegrated. And then Marvel came out of the gate and did the first superhero team up movie, and then Warner Brothers tried to come back and do their own thing to try to catch up to what Marvel did and they fucked it all up. And everyone else that has tried to do some sort of team up superhero movie has largely failed. So it helps being the first out of the gate, but it also helps doing it so fucking well yeah. and tight. That this movie is great. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's high, it's a little bit higher on my list. Same. <laughs> it's in there. Um, all right, so Josh, your number six. Uh, number six is a movie that I am, um, for these purposes, I am really glad got delayed by about three years. Uh, it was shot in 2009, but was not released until 2012. Uh, And it's because MGM, I guess at the time, was going bankrupt and other things were happening. Mm, So uh, it was it was it was a good timing based on what we just talked about uh, for various people, because Cabin in the Woods still remains one of the most, in my opinion, solid turn a genre on its head movies that, that I've ever seen. And even with horror, where there's a. Obviously, the, the, it's a different type, but like the ones that we've talked about already were like you have a certain emotional reaction uh, to something. Horror can do the same thing, and even that can make it sometimes not as rewatchable because you're not going to be able to recreate that sense of suspense and, and, and being tense. Um, 
Cabin in the Woods is such a good mixture of a lot of things with like off the wall left turns and comedy and it's basically a horror movie but it's so freaking good um but yeah after it came out it, it was so, and it was such like a limited theatrical release that i don't even i didn't catch it in theaters but saw it soon after that um it actually came out like a month before avengers so luckily with that whole delay like chris hemsworth was able to build up the notoriety from his you know short turn in star trek which then got him to like red dawn got him to thor um and then he shows up in avengers and so it's good timing that they can capitalize on that um but the the whole thing of it together like i i could absolutely watch this movie anytime I know we've talked about Josh. Yep. I know this is one you want to get me to watch, this, so I have yes, not seen this is, it yet. This is my second selection for our Fast and Furious Pact. Yeah, so I, I can't uh, contribute to this discussion yet. But yeah, I've heard good is, things. It is definitely more... It rides that horror comedy line, and it definitely knows it's a comedy as much as it is a horror. Um, and it does it so well. I mean, it, it really does. It's is a very so if you think back to like scary movie and all the things that scary movie did wrong but also like scary movie was a its own thing at its time and this took the idea of like doing a parody of horror movies to a whole nother level to a whole nother realm and it winds up being like Josh said one of those movies you can always watch and after seeing what a parody of a horror movie can really be like, going back and watching something like any of the scary movie films is just a joke at this point. So they're they're like a bad joke, and this is a very well thought out and intelligent joke. <laughs> yeah, I would say and I I agree with that, but I would I think I personally would caution or or I wouldn't necessarily call it a parody per se. I think it did, and here's why. I think in the way that Scream deconstructed the horror genre in a way to present something new and different by acknowledging the framework and the tropes and everything that had come before it, uh, Cabinet in the Woods didn't necessarily do that from a commentary standpoint, but they used the evaluation process the same. They, they looked at, like, how okay. do you make a horror movie? Now, how can we flip that on its head? Like, to me, it is still a horror movie. And it's it's not really a parody. It found ways to interject other elements by studying what the typical elements are. But it, like, okay. in my eyes, it's not per se a parody for me. I, I see it as a dark comedy okay. parody. More than horror, sure. personally. I mean, it's it's definitely something that can be seen in multiple ways, I think, mm -hmm. because of what it does. And I, again, we're not spoiling anything, so the, the fact that we're having a discussion like this about it can tell you how different it is from your average horror Correct. movie. That's so. fair. And that is my piece. <laughs> uh, Paul, I'm assuming you haven't seen this one either. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Just but thanks, thanks Chris for asking. In it. Is he? <laughs> is Tom Hiddleston in it? Then no. <laughs> yeah, he is actually. Is he really? 
Oh. I mean, if we want to, if we want to get Paula to watch a movie, <laughs> all you have to do how. is say, <laughs> "He appears," and just hope she doesn't watch, watch IMDb or anything before she you have to watch very closely <laughs> for for the uh-huh. appearance. Paula, I remember how you reacted to Crimson Peak. <laughs> So it's even true. with Tom yeah. in this movie, it would no, you would not like it. Thank you. <laughs> That's fair. I'm like, we're going to see what now with what now? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll move on to my number six. My number six from 2017, Blade Runner 2049. Ooh, I had nice. to give Denny V some spots on my list. Um, if you remember, Arrival did make my top ten for whatever year that came out. And this one made the top 10, my, like my favorite movie the year after. Arrival does not make my list. I just, it didn't feel as rewatchable to me as this one does. So That's I just fair. tried to stick it to one. And uh, yeah, Blade Runner, it's a three-hour movie. So it's not as rewatchable as I would like it to be, be just because of length. Uh, but just the style of it, the the mood, the everything. Everything about the first Blade Runner is, I think, ramped up in this one. And I just, freaking love it everything that they did the, the twist of the movie you're great you think you're going one way and then it, it spins on its head and goes another way um you find a good way to bring harrison ford back and work him into the story uh to keep it interesting um gosling's amazing um our first th- this is my first uh exposure to uh anna de armas from mm. knives out mm-hmm. um so she was great in this movie too don't discount uh, yeah. Dave Bautista. He's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning he's in too. there too. Yeah, yeah. The whole cast. Robin Wright, right? She's in there too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a whole list. It's it's Jared great. Leto. Yeah, he's creepy as fuck in that movie. So you can go with that too. No, nothing new for him. Yeah. It all works. Everything works. It's great. Uh, it it's there's not a lot of like detective noir stories. It's very slow. It's a slow burn of a story, which. So, you know, might not interest some people because they just want to get into the thick of things and get the action going and everything, like pacing wise. It pacing feels, sl- I don't know, it's a it's a slow burn, but the pacing does not feel slow to me. I don't, Agreed. I think the movie keeps it going enough that it it keeps you interesting, just following the clues and where the story goes. So, yeah, I I love it. It's great. It's eye candy, and I so glad I saw it in the theater because it yes. oh, yeah. deserves that treatment. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, it it is a very pretty movie in every aspect. Mm-hmm. I think Mike, I remember you just talking recently about how like came you've liked it more on rewatches. Yeah, I initially I didn't like it very much. Um and it, it it was like it did not make my list or honorable mentions, but it would be like the first one out. It was gotcha. like the okay. last cut yeah. uh for me on all of this, which I was surprised I expected it to be on my list, but yeah. when it came down to it there was things like researching and Scott Pilgrim versus the world being there and right. more things like that showing up. It was like, Oh shit. Well got pushed down, but it also, it, it, it grew on me a lot because it's exactly what you're saying. There's not really movies like that. Don't come out almost ever anymore. Yeah. And we need more of them. Yeah. We need more high quality movies like this coming out. And yeah, it, it's, It's it just, of, I don't know. Every time I rewatch it, I like it more. I guess a lot of fran- yeah. Put it. That's a, yeah. And there's a lot of franchises I think you know that have failed to try to revisit the well of like, hey, let's revive this thing and make a sequel that's somehow still connected to like Men in Black fell flat and some other ones that I can't immediately think of. But this one, I don't think 
don't remember it making a lot of money at the box office, but I think it deserved to make a lot more, and I think it deserves to be seen. For anyone that just didn't go see it at the time it was released, I definitely think it, it deserves a watch. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move to Mike's number five. My number five, 2019. Endgame. Um, I, I'm surprised this wound up only at number five, but again, when you make your list, things happen. They end up where they end up because they end up where they end up. Um, we just recently, if you listen to our top ten of 2019... You've seen it was at the top of my list and Brian's list and I believe Josh's list, too. Um, So we just recently talked a lot about this, so I won't say much, but what a perfect way to end a series. And there's no less than between six and ten times in this movie that if you've stuck with this the whole time, you're going to get punched in the gut and have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Including during the credits. Yeah. Like, it's so... That's a good point. Uh, yeah, we've talked a lot about it recently, so I won't say much. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing I will add is that uh, this is my number five as well. Um, and I, yeah, okay. I realized going through the evaluation for this, most of what my analysis was tripping into was recency problems. You know, things that came out in 2010, 11, 12, 13, they've had many, many years to build up the status in my head that they have. Um, sure. So on the one hand, I'm admittedly saying like, yes, I still have like a recency in love issue with this. Um, but ask me again in five or six years, I doubt this would leave the top 10. It might slightly reshuffle, I, but I doubt it'll not be there anymore. Yeah. I could only see it going up, which is why it's where it's at. Like it, I can't see this movie going down in my frame of mind down the road that's fair yeah i as much as the obvious choice was for me to put it in my list i did not only because i was trying to limit uh appearances by franchises and stuff like that so i i gave the spot to the first avengers which is a little bit higher on my list i think it's just more when i was thinking about rewatchability just I think the length of time for the movie was the part that the biggest hang up for me. If I'm just going to look for a tight two hour movie from Marvel that I want to watch, the Avengers is the one I'm putting on. And that's not to take away from Endgame. I think Endgame is a, I don't know, maybe better movie just for all the stuff that it wraps up and the culmination of the 22 movies and all that stuff. But again, just if I'm just looking for something to watch and just put on to throw something on and get that enjoyment out of it. Cause Endgame is really good, but that's another one where you have to expect to get the feels out of it. Like you can't just watch that and not feel anything. And I think Avengers is just such a fun movie that that's the one I kind of gravitate more towards. So that's the one that made the list for me. Uh, I would just like to add what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Brian. Um, All right. So yeah, sure. Uh, We'll go to Paula. You're number five. Um, my number five is from 2013. It is Frozen. So okay. I've actually, um, even before they started with this movie, I was stalking the concept art because this was actually supposed to be a Disney movie back in 1943. So it was really interesting wow. that, you know, it, it was actually shelved. It's a Hans Christian Andersen story of the Snow Queen. 
and it was something that Walt wanted to do and it never made it to fruition. So I was really excited when they decided to bring it out of the vault and start working on it. And I literally have watched it from conception, from the original artwork that anything that they could possibly like feed us and leak um, to get you excited about the fact that they were making this movie, I was completely and totally into. And then when it came out and the story was amazing and the animation was outstanding, the fact that they had to animate ice moving, like making, you know, out of her fingers, like (laughs) it was incredible. So Adina Menzel, she was in, um, oh gosh, she had just made the movie Enchanted and she was so cute in it. And I didn't know much about her other than her Broadway work. So, um, obviously the song, I mean, everybody sang it until it was sung (laughs) out, but, um, you know, I'm a 35 year old woman at the time singing, you know, frozen songs in my car. It was amazing. So (laughs) this movie just did everything for me from visually to the story about two sisters and the love of the story was between the two sisters. You didn't have to have a prince, the prince. Well, no spoilers. So... (laughs) Um, so, oh wow, that almost slipped out. If you haven't seen Frozen, <laughs> please do. Um, but no, the story itself is amazing. Uh, that's why it beats Avengers and Rogue One because I've been obsessed with this movie for a really long time. I was gonna say, probably you could just refer to that part as the twist of the movie. The twist of the movie. Thank you. I haven't been podcasting as much as you, as long and as much as you guys. So <laughs> words like that are are important. So the twist of the movie is something that you need to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even Josh Gad as Olaf, like his song and it was hilarious. Um, and Kristen Bell as Anna. I mean the the whole, the movie itself. They do so much research into like that where they're going and where they want it set, and they send the animators there, and they just. It just stunning. It's just a beautiful movie. Yeah. I just yeah, wish I, some I really people like get too. yeah. Some people just need to get out of their heads that it's like a Disney animated movie and just go to see a movie that is just a great story. Well, like you talked about too, I think a lot of these animated movies are yes geared towards kids, but they put enough in there for adults that if you're taking your kid, you still get that much more enjoyment out of it. So the I don't know. Yeah, the preconceived notion of like animation is for kids is fucking bullshit. Just Agreed. Go see these movies. I think you appreciate them more as adults anyway. Uh, yeah. Fro- yeah, Frozen's good. I'd lo- I there's the one part of Frozen they always remember is the freaking guy from the the shop that the has the big summer blowout. That's the guy that <laughs> yes. I always think of when I think of Frozen. Yeah. Like the different departments within the little bitty one room. <laughs> I actually have that in a Lego. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Uh, Josh, Mike, anything to add for Frozen? I enjoyed it. No? Okay. Yeah, it was good. Uh, all right. Josh is number five. We talked about Avengers Endgame. Uh, my number five is from 2011. This is Real Steel. The fighting wow. robots with Hugh Jackman hmm. uh, is, to me, again, and when I'm thinking about rewatchable movies, it is instantly rewatchable for me. Anytime this is on, I will watch it. It's a fun movie. It's got an amazing, maybe surprising, uh, heart to it that I think is done really, really fucking well. It, the end of that movie hits me every time. It doesn't matter how many times I've watched it. Every time it's on, it hits me. And you know the gimmick of like these ro- this robot fighting league that has 
built its way up to be the entertainment, you know, replacing wrestling. It's just these robots just want to kill each other. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so good. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out. Hugh Jackman's in it. Um, Evangeline Lilly's in it. Um, I can't think of the kid actor that's in it, but he's really good. Um, uh, Anthony Mackie's in it. Um, it's, I think it's directed by Sean Levy, who has been involved with Stranger Things for a while, so he's got that kid kind of heart to a lot of his stuff. Um, he's another director that I like to follow and see what he's done, because he's done a lot of good stuff, too. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a movie that's been overlooked, and not a, not a lot of people, uh, watch it or know about it, so I'm trying to at least give it some, some limelight. I definitely highly recommend it. Check it out. Has yeah, anyone it else fun. seen it? You've seen it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. It was... Uh, I don't obviously hold it in as high in esteem, but I enjoyed it, and I don't remember anything bad I could have to say about it. Yeah. But I've only seen it maybe twice, maybe just once. Um, I mean, it's from 2011, it, so it's been a while. Yeah, it... it um, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have a lot to add, because it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, Anybody else? Anything? Nope. nope. Hugh Jackman okay. is a beautiful man. Yes, that's true. Yes. Uh, all right, so we'll go to Mike's number four. My number four uh, from 2016 is Deadpool. Um, a movie I had been waiting to see basically my entire life. Um, and then when they finally... Deadpool as a character for the first time they got the right actor but they really fucked it up in X-Men Origins and uh, they kind of like that was a deep cut that had a lot of lemon and salt poured into the wound <laughs> uh, during that movie and finally come back around Ryan Reynolds makes his push to get Deadpool made properly and you know something I've read before that movie came out, I'm pretty sure I started reading Deadpool in like 95, 96. So for like 20 years, I had been reading Deadpool and enjoying the character. And then finally, they do something proper with it. And it was fucking perfect. Like, there's nothing more I can say about Deadpool as a movie to represent the character and everything about it. They knocked it out of the fucking park. Um, Yeah. It, I'll, I'll throw it to you guys because I mean it, again without spoiling anything it was just everything you could want Deadpool to be and more um, it beats out Deadpool 2 just because of kind of what Josh said the emotion of all of it I like Deadpool 2 just as much if not more but the emotion of getting to see Deadpool the first time I think I saw this three times in the first 36 hours it hit theaters because <laughs> I was there at midnight on the Thursday release, and then I went to like one o'clock on the Friday release, and then again on Saturday at like one o'clock again. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I was needless to say, I was incredibly excited uh, to go see that. Yeah, this one I think it did not make any of my list, not the fifteen, but it was close. It was it was in my list of favorites. I just it, it didn't make the cut when I narrowed it down. But yeah, it's it's. If I had to pick, like, one X-Men character that I want to carry over to the MCU, it's got to be this one. And I'm hoping they're making that work somehow, because Deadpool's the one that Wasn't you can that explain it away. Confirmed? I'm that assuming they're actually I'm, working on Deadpool 3 already? 
but whether sure it's going to be in the MCU, right, is the question. Like I'm, I'm assuming that they are moving forward with a sequel to Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds, and it's just I just don't know if it's part of the MCU or if it's still its own type of thing. But I want that's them all a, to play together. Question. But I mean, he's the one that you'd be about to explain it away somehow in universe that this, you know, even oh, though yeah, he's he just with hops the off X-Men, the page yeah. from one to the other, yeah. They they come up with a funny explanation for that, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, so, I think the character, the the casting, everything is perfect. That movie is great. I agree with everything you said. Uh, anything to add for Deadpool? Uh, it makes I uh, didn't know much about him, but I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> uh, it does make my honorable mentions, and in fact, when I was finalizing things today, and then uh, even as we were getting started, and I looked over my my list, I'm like, where is that again? I realized somehow it got sort of chipped away so i actually removed something in my honorable mentions to make sure i put it in <laughs> so something else got bumped correct to make room for deadpool okay um all right so where are we at we're on paula's number four um from 2010 tangled so this was the start of the one word titles for disney <laughs> where <laughs> Like Tangled and Brave and Frozen. So um, I actually had just started working for the Disney store again. So um, this movie had just come out and it like was everything that I wanted in a Disney movie. And I've watched it religiously ever since then. But Zachary Levi is Flynn Rider. Um, He does an amazing job as like the anti-hero. And uh, Mandy Moore is Rapunzel, and she is just so precious. Love it. Um, the story is fun. It, there's never a dull moment in this movie. It's an adventure from beginning to end. Um, Mother Gothel is an amazing villain. She's probably top ten villains for me, maybe three. She's incredible as a villain. Um, but one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when they go to this little pub called the Snuggly Duckling and it's full of these horrible men and then she gets them all to sing that it, they have a dream and it's probably one of my favorite scenes in any Disney movie ever is when they're all, the, all these bad guys are singing about this dream and um, it's still on my playlist. I sing it all the time. So I, I love Tangled. It's an adventure. It's a romance. It's a solid animated movie and it's, it has a special place in my heart, um, higher even than Frozen. I love this movie. Obsessed with it. Nice. Yeah, I love Zachary Levi, so anything he's involved in, I, I enjoy. He was so good in this. Yeah. And that's why my dog's name is Flynn. <laughs> I don't think I ever made that connection, but that makes perfect sense now. Yeah. Eugene Fitzherbert, you know, <laughs> when he's bad. Uh, Mike, Josh, anything to add? Never seen it, actually. You got some homework now, I guess. I highly recommend Tangled. Is it? It's got to be on Disney Plus, right? I'm sure. I'm sure it is. There's also a short um, that happens later on where they get they're going to get married, but the story is more about um, Pascal, the little chameleon, and the horse. So. It was amazing. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> His name escapes me right now, but it's okay. Mike's face tells me he's very interested. Yes, I could tell. 
We'll see. There's also an, I'm down to watch anything once. An animated TV series based off of the, the movie as well. So it's, I mean, that was recent too. So it's still very popular. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> uh, all right. I guess we're down to Josh's number four. So this is going to completely clash with how Mike started some of these things off uh, because my number four is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one. Oh, I actually. Sorry for saying what I said about it earlier. I guess <laughs> that's why I just let you kept saying it. I could tell by your face when I said it that there was. A- <laughs> um, no, I think the reason that um, one of those two was was going to make it, and while I absolutely enjoy the adventure aspect and the action aspect of part two, and it is the easier watch, it definitely is, and that's where you get all of your all of your storyline conclusions. Um, there's, as I kind of mentioned before, there are just too many story problems with part two for me, both from an adaptation standpoint and from a, um, this is what you decided to go on and half of it still doesn't make sense. Gotcha. Um, so the pieces that they rearranged and or left out that made me sad uh, and then the stuff that they did keep that just literally makes no story sense. Um, part one, I love because it is the most character movie of the entire franchise. Uh, I actually really like the journey with the three of them that whole time. And it's mostly them and the things that they're encountering along the way. And I feel like it's broken up at various points by bigger events happening. Um yeah, I guess I could, could probably go on longer, but um, I just <laughs> enjoy it quite a bit. That's good. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything. Like, I, I enjoyed that one. I feel like it was a lot slower to me than what the second one was. Absolutely. I, granted, that's on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just from a rewatchable standpoint for me, that's why I think I gravitate towards part two over part one. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it falls into the same problem that the Hobbit movies fall into where you get this incomplete part of a story that, to me, it just feels like it ends very abruptly. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the, the movie itself works from start to finish for me. I love it all. You know, it's Harry Potter. It's them exploring all of that stuff that happens in the first part of the Deathly Hallows. I just think part one would have worked better if the climax was actually what they begin with in part two, mm. given it that huge send off the way that they do at the end of part, at the beginning of part one or part two as the send off for the end of part one, I feel like would have been better. Um, it just felt like there wasn't much of a climax to the film. Sure. And I feel like that's what drew it down for me. I look at them as we stated beforehand as one story. Which is kind of what I mentioned to Brian, and I wasn't allowed to use both, so <laughs> I had to choose one or the other. Um, so it's not really knocking it down as a movie. It's just they had to end somewhere so they could start the next film somewhere, and I feel like they just made the wrong choice. It's not anything that I actually have a problem with it other than that. It makes me really uh, wish I remembered the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I again, sure. we're not doing spoilers. Yeah. Um, 
It was, so, it was very can't. dark, though. I remember it being dark. It was a sad yeah. ending to the first part. It was a sad way to end, and you kind of left on a bummer when you left the theater. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was no nowhere near the bigger bummer than Infinity War was. Yeah, but see, I... Hmm. <laughs> I, I disagree because, like, for me, I enjoyed that ending to Infinity War because I knew what was coming. I I knew I didn't know where they were going to end part one when I saw it in the theater the first mm-hmm. time. So when it ended, it was kind of like, oh, why didn't they do that scene they started part two with? <laughs> Whereas I knew how Infinity, I knew what that ending was going to be. I knew exactly where they were going to end it, exactly why. I knew what was going to happen. And like I said, then... It's very much in pop culture now how Infinity War ends, but I won't spoil it. Nonetheless, I enjoyed going to see it, knowing going in that there was going to be a lot of upset children. <laughs> um, and I still remember like the, the theater reaction. There was actually somebody at the end when Infinity War hit the credits that yelled, What the fuck? Because they didn't want the movie to be over at that point. But at the same time, it's like, you're two and a half hours in. What did you expect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's the end. But it, it, to me, that reaction from the crowd and like laughing internally, knowing what was about to happen, I think it worked for me more yeah. than this one did. Just because I didn't know where they were going to end it. Had I known where they were going to end this one, it may have been more okay with me. But again, I think they could have had a better choice. By just taking and shoving that beginning of two onto the end of one, and it would have ended better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Paul, you have anything to add for part one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Just checking. Thanks. Uh, so we're on to my number four. My number four, we already talked about, was the first Avengers. So that's where it finally fell on my list, was number four. Uh, so back around to Mike for number three. My number three is Rogue One. Um, we've already talked about it, so I will pass it along again. All right, so that brings us to Paula's number three. 2019, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, without beating a dead Skywalker, um, <laughs> I think if this had a different ending, it would have been on my number one. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Um, some parts more than others, but I think we've had so many conversations about this, and if you haven't, please listen to Bry Guy and his super friends as we discussed a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, if you're listening to this and haven't <laughs> listened to the other ones, I don't yes. know what's wrong with you. Um, but, I mean, I'm living in the age of Star Wars, so this the last three are, were the easiest for me to pick. So I had to decide which ones I wanted to place where. And, yeah. um, again, I, if this one had a different ending, it, it would have been my number one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh... Sort of like what Paula mentioned. I don't know how much we want to dive into it because it's it's always a discussion that turns into like it's just a big one. Yeah, we open the can of worms with Star Wars when we start getting it. like it. Obviously, did not make my list. Uh, if you've listened to the reviews, you know where where I fall on it and why it's not really on my list. I think the the potential again coming off the potential of what Force Awakens did. Um, Last Jedi, uh, kind of kicked those ex- those uh expectations in the teeth and gave you something else and I was still excited to see where it went and then I just felt like Rise of Skywalker dropped the ball so it did not make my list. It's the end of the Skywalker saga. It's an important storyline. Um, there are things I loved and things I didn't agree with but in in the end I still walked out of the theater 
all three times with more feels every time I walked out more feels than the last so that that's important to me and you know it would have been it would have dropped a lot lower if it didn't do those things for me but it totally did and that's why even with the the ending that it did have and just like Rogue One it had to grow on me um but yeah that's why it is my number three fair enough uh Mike I don't know if there's any you want to add anything quickly um quickly she said if it had a different ending it would uh place higher for her i would actually disagree and say if it had a different beginning in middle it would place higher for me <laughs> um the ending i would have been more okay with if the rest of it was better that's fair but uh josh anything to add for rise of skywalker okay uh so we're on to josh's number three um i kind of was surprised that this landed as solidly for me as it did but um screw it i don't care it it is is just unapologetic on this uh captain america winter soldier air my husband asked me he's like why is that not on your list and i'm like oh that was a hard (laughs) one that was such a hard one i love that movie i i I think we've said so many times before that out out of even I'd say what twenty three movies now. I would I would actually argue this is just the simply best made movie out of the entire MCU. Uh, some are bigger in scale, like Endgame or Infinity War. They're they're grander, they're more epic. But in terms of a standalone, really solidly made, even like Hollywood should have given it props for it. Um, I think Winter Soldier just still stands out. You barely need any backstory. You need only like a minimum to walk into it and it's just solid from beginning to end this was a tough one if i was if i was allowing myself more marvel movies this would have definitely made my list and definitely probably top three yeah i was because i'm with you i think this is a fantastic movie yeah uh mike paul anything to add for winter soldier so good agreed the story from beginning to end just amazing yeah I would say the same thing you did, Brian. I don't think it makes as high on my list as top three, like you said. But anytime I said it would have made my this, top three if I did it. That's what I mean. Like it, for me, it wouldn't. Okay. But it's also a matter of are we going to inundate our list with the MCU and Star Wars and let them dominate the list, or I mean, for me, honestly, I, I feel like it still wouldn't make my top ten from the last 10 years, but it may have made my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, I tried to make this as like the honest truth as much as I could with what I was going to do, but there's still that overlying factor of like, if this is just Captain America and Avengers and Avengers and Avengers and Avengers, it's going to be like, well, this is not much of a list. Right. I think that's still in the back of your mind, whether or not you want it to be there or not. Yeah, this was, this was between Infinity War and Endgame Winter Soldier and the first Avengers were the ones I was tossing around from the MCU that I wanted on my list, and just Avengers was the one that went out for me. This this could have easily made it in the list too, yeah. Um, all right, so my number three. My number three is from 2015. This is The Martian. I kicked this one around. I am glad it made somebody's. Yeah, I. This is another one. Just rewatch. That's the theme for me is basically rewatchability. Every time it's on, if I catch it on TV, I have to sit down and watch it. Uh, any, anybody that says they haven't seen it, I'm like, let's watch it right now. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen the, it. The, 
Uh, that's it, Paula. It's really <laughs> good. Cancel the show right now. Start. We'll pick it up after. The pacing is great. Um, it, it's a science fiction movie that that leans into the the science that goes into a lot of this stuff, which I appreciate. Yep. Um, I again, I know this is based on a book. I have not read the book, but this movie makes me want to read the book. So I need that's on my list of if I ever just start reading books again that's that are not Star <laughs> Wars. That this will be one that I need to do. Um, Ridley Scott. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Ridley Scott, Matt Damon. I think Drew. Uh, Chidu, 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 I can't say his name, Chiwetel but he's in there too. Uh, yeah, I think he's in, our, our boys Goddard in there. did the screenplay, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. It's tight. The pacing's good. It's it's a two and a half two two and a half hour movie that doesn't feel like it. It never feels that that long for me. It just moves, yeah. and I'm I'm with it the entire way. Cast is great. And was was um, this twenty fifteen or sixteen? This was 2015. Okay, so yeah, so that would be like along with Inside Out, that was like my year of smart movies. Yeah. And there, a lot of it is just like Matt Damon talking to himself, and you'd think that might not mm-hmm. be exciting, but it is. It's, it's It still grips you and, and holds you the whole time. I think it's really, really tight, really good. I mean, I watched Tom Hanks on an island for two hours, talked to a beach ball, so. <laughs> this is way better. I mean, I could... <laughs> good to know, good to know. <laughs> I feel like the 2010s had a lot of space movies that we saw happen. Just like, it seems like every decade has a lot of space movies. Um, I'm not even sure if Gravity was one of them, mm-hmm. but Interstellar, Ad Astra, we've seen those happen as well. And The Martian, to me, was everything I wanted those movies to be. Yeah. You know, I I liked Interstellar. Ad Astra was okay. Gravity, I no. No thanks. Oh, I liked Gravity. Um, personally, yeah. um, it's a personal yeah. preference. But The Martian was so much more of what you want this mo- this type of movie to be. Yeah, and it, like Josh said, I it was kicked around. It was one of the ones that was like, "Does this make the list? Does this not?" It didn't end up making my list, but it very easily could have. And it's, I love that movie. Like, there, there's no other way to put it. I love that movie. It's great. This this was a movie I think I just saw the trailers for and was like, well, that looks interesting, but I didn't know enough about it to know really what was happening or what was going on in the movie. And I saw it and was just extremely surprised and how well I was hooked into that movie and how much I enjoyed it for those two hours. Really, really good. I would say the same. They, they, they didn't really make it seem like it was going to feel the way it did. It felt different yeah. in the trailers than the movie felt. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on to Mike's number two. I'm not going to do the number two thing. I'm just going <laughs> to... Number two. I'm going to let you guys do it. Um, so my number two from 2014 is Guardians of the Galaxy, volume one. Um, now, for very much the reasons that Josh had said earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy resonated with me in so many ways that I can't even explain. Um, like without, of course, lots of spoilers, but the, um, what's a good term? The, the theme of the family coming together and becoming a family was fantastic. The soundtrack was fantastic. The characters were fantastic. The villain was great. 
I'm not the biggest fan of Lee Pace, but Lee Pace's Ronin was so fucking good. That's my favorite thing I've seen um, him in, actually. Yeah, like, it's, exactly, like, Lee Pace is, he's okay, but is Ronin, damn, he killed it. Um, And this introduced us to this group of people that is going to carry the Marvel Universe, at least, in some form or fashion, on, into another decade. Because they were so good, they're going to keep going, hopefully for as long as they all can manage it. Um, yeah, that like there's nothing about this movie I don't absolutely love, and it still has, to me, the two biggest heartfelt moments in the MCU for me in this movie. Without spoilers, I'm not getting into what they are, but again, they're it's. It did everything. I've watched this movie probably more than any other movie on this list. And it'll probably continue to remain in that spot. Well, it's on next uh, Sunday on TNT at 5.30. So if anybody needs to watch it, <laughs> can catch What's it. What's a TNT? It's a TNT? <laughs> Pretty sure it's a TV channel. Oh, I haven't had cable in 10 years. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm old. I have not had actual cable in 10 years. So. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever watched one of the, a Marvel movie on regular TV. I don't know. I don't know how enjoyable it would be. Oh, then you're missing it because that's how I get things done at my house. So <laughs> you wash dishes in the commercials and then you go back to the movie. And then you throw a load of laundry in and then you come back to the movie. You have about two and a half to three minutes to get all your chores done. It's amazing. All right. <laughs> great. It's a good time. It's a different game to play. It's totally the Over the weekend. Game. I mean, they're on, like, FX and stuff all the time. TBS, I think, plays them Marvel movies just incessantly all the time. So for anyone that does have cable, you can find them easily enough. They're they're everywhere. Uh, yeah, Guardians is great. I Again, limiting MCU movies, it's... I don't know if it... Well, even still, I don't know if it would have made my top 15. They're, it, they're good. I know they're... A lot of people, I think, like them more than I do, which is weird for being like the space-themed MCU movie. And I feel like other MCU movies hit higher on my list as as far as the MCU is concerned. Um, not because they're bad; I really do like them. It's just that I think the other ones, in my opinion, are I have other ones that appeal to me and are are better in my mind. Sure. That's why Marvel makes twenty-three flavors and counting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Paula, you're number two. Oh, um, I wasn't ready for that. Wow. It would be, um, and this was really, really hard, but I decided to make The Last Jedi my number two. Um, Ooh, surprising. Yeah. Um, I love the character development that they brought to Rey and Ben Solo, and um, the whole cast is amazing. And then we've already talked about how beautiful and eye candy the movie is. And I don't think Ryan Johnson can do anything wrong in my eyes. So, um, yeah, so it is my number two. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, again, was trying to limit myself to one Star Wars movie, so I gave it The Force Awakens. I was debating whether or not I wanted to put Last Jedi in my honorable mentions, but I did not. I'm going to let something else in my honorable mentions instead. But it was it was right on the cusp, just to because I think it deserves it. I wanted to just put it in there, but... It's a middle movie. I mean, there's a, there's some deep stuff in there. It's... Yeah. Um, it's still a great adventure. I loved, and the Canto bite scene had to grow on me. I wasn't crazy about it at the beginning, but then after 
like listening to the commentary and listening to Ryan Johnson talk about the movie, I appreciated it more than just yeah. another Star Wars movie. So I've, I, yeah. it definitely, um, I loved it. Yeah, it's something to be said. I think like just hearing the directors talk about the Star Wars movies, JJ has a lot to say. I think he he answers some of the questions and stuff, but Ryan went so in depth for what he was trying to do in The Last Jedi and just listening to him talk and field questions about why certain decisions were made. Mm-hmm. Anything you don't agree with, he has an answer for. He's and his answer completely yeah. makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it works for what he's trying to do. And I would highly recommend anyone that doesn't think highly on the last Jedi to at least watch with commentary or watch the, the documentary that's with the movie um, that follows Ryan making the movie. Cause I think it fleshes out a lot of, cause the stuff you don't like, he struggled with those decisions trying to decide what to do anyway. Just, just as much, you weren't sure if you like them or not. Um, he, he felt the same way. So seeing how he landed on what he did and how that story came together, I think is very interesting. Yes. Well put. Um, yeah. Uh, Mike, Josh, anything to add for Last Jedi? Nope. No? Okay. Uh, Josh, number two. Uh, Number two is Inception. Oh, okay. Uh, This was one of the most unique movies, I think, that has ever been made. uh, Definitely by concept. And I think the way it was executed and pulled off was, especially given the complexity of the layers of it, uh, was so unique just i've never seen anything like it before or since the actors are can't argue the actors are great i love the ensemble uh everyone worked well together like people that you just wouldn't think about like throwing leo dicaprio with ellen page and joseph gordon lemmett like yeah uh, tom hardy freaking silly like cillian murphy like it worked um I, i i just love the originality of it this was another one that I had thought was longer ago than it was when I looked things up and it was, Oh, that was in 2010. Holy shit. I think it was like summer, but uh, when, Uh when we, Brian, when you asked us about this, there was like two or three that immediately jumped in my mind that I never disabused myself of my number one. Yeah. uh, It was the same. It it never moved. Inception was another, like immediately was in my head. I'm like, there's no way that's not making at least the 10. Right. Well, good that you were that solid yeah. about it. That's cool. Yeah, I I like this movie. I remember watching it a good bit when it first came out, even rewatching it when I first bought it. And I don't think I've revisited it probably since then. Like, I like what it does. It, it is very unique in what it does. And uh, it for, for the amount of stuff that it tries to do, I think it you can follow it enough. It still gets a little confusing, like all the levels and how deep you go into the movie and stuff like that. But... Uh, yeah, it's it is really cool. I'm I'm interested to see what like this is one of those movies for Christopher Nolan that you realize he he just does some weird stuff that's very unique and if you're into that then you start to follow him like even what he did with like Dark Knight and Batman was cool, but it didn't give him a chance to really uh I don't know, I guess flex his director muscles and like get really unique with some of the stuff. This movie did that. Oh yeah. Um, like even if you had seen Insomnia and, or like The Prestige previously this was yeah. the first one of his that told me, like, wow, not only can he write something original, but he can make it look exactly how he wants. Yeah. And it, this is this is the movie for me that, like, looking at the previous for Tenet, like, that's the one that uh, yeah, yeah. comparing it to this is like, OK, well, if, the, if that movie turns out to be like what Inception did, then that movie's going to be amazing, too. Yeah. 
Um, all right, anything else to add for Inception? I did not see it. Now, see, you're gonna have to add I that know. one to the list too. Yeah. I feel it's fun to me that I feel like whenever we do these with certain people, that hopefully they come out with like a homework list of like we need to sit down and watch these movies because that's just fun. I watch a lot of Disney movies. Nothing wrong with that. Now, see, we'll broaden your horizons mm-hmm. a bit and get you different stuff to watch. <laughs> not that that's bad, just to yeah. try a different, different avenue. Yeah. Uh, number two for me is from 2018. It is Into the Spider Verse. Wow. I had to. I freaking love that movie. We've raved about that movie uh, for one of the, probably, the, I guess, the favorites of 2018 that we did, because that made my list. I think at the time we did that list, it had came out in December. Um, I think I was the first one to see it before everybody else, so it made my number two, I think, that year, and no one else had seen it yet. And then since everyone has started to see it, they've, you know, you start to see how good that movie is. And it's weird having to say that about a Sony-produced Spider-Man movie, but God damn it, it's so good. It is very good. This is another one I would say would fall in that top 20. If we had top 20 for me, Yeah, it would be right there among like Blade Runner and is like things that got left out that it was like trying to find a reason not to leave it out. And it was like, well, this or this, which do I do? Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm a big Spider-Man it's... fan. The, the animation style for that, the colors, the the actors, everything in there, I think is just it's great. And I just I am excited to see where they go. I'm hoping Sony doesn't fuck it up because they're <laughs> notorious for doing that for Spider-Man. But uh, I'm I, it, this definitely blew the doors off of Spider-Man for this animated universe. So, and they're spinning off in all kinds of other stuff. So I want to see what they do. I'm, I'll be watching it, but I have lower hopes for that stuff. Than this one, and of course, I didn't come into this one with very high hopes either because I wasn't sure what it was or what they were trying to do. But this really surprised me, so I'm hoping everything else they do from here on out with this uh, does the same. But yeah, if you haven't checked it out, definitely. And it's if you like comic books and uh, superheroes, Spider-Man especially, give it a shot. Agreed. We're still having conversations. Yeah, we're still having conversations about it at the store, like uh, how good this movie is and the product still coming in from this movie. Is oh, nice. I mean, it's just a little over a year old, isn't it? Because it was like Christmas. It was the end of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was like the very end. So it's just a little over a year. Oh, we have a set with Night Monkey. I think that was amazing. <laughs> oh, wait. You're talking about five, Far From Home? Oh, wait. No, wrong one. Yes. Yeah. No, we still have yeah, night- we still have Miles Morales at the store. I'm sorry. Okay. Wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, too much Spider-Man in too short a time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My Spidey webs uh, are crossing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, we'll flip back around to Mike for number one. Number ones now. This is the exciting part. We get to really all, find out about each other. Yeah, all this build up. Uh, number one for me. Uh, I think I knew this from the moment that we started discussing doing this show. And I'm sure I told Brian at least once. But number one for me is Mad Max Fury Road. Wow, okay. Um, oh, yeah, I don't think I knew that. absolute landslide. Um, there was no doubt in my mind as soon as we started talking about it that that was my number one. Um, this movie, I mean, from the intensity from start to finish to the stories that they're telling in a Mad Max movie actually having real depth. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, I don't recall whether or not this won. I believe it won the Academy Award that it year. It did not win Best Picture. Um, it 
It didn't win Best Picture, but it was nominated yes, for and it. it swept almost everything else it was nominated for. Yeah. It, it, there's a reason. Like, the old Mad Max movies are fun, cool science fiction-type movies, but they did not have the depth of character or story that this movie had. Um, and I still love those movies. But this hits... Again, it's one of those movies that ticks every box for me. I love the post-apocalyptic setting that it takes place in. I love the style. The the story itself being, like I said, so much better than you expect it to be. Tom Hardy's fantastic here. Nicholas Holt is fantastic. Charlize Theron is fantastic. Um, and he's, and he, uh, honestly, you probably get the best performance of Nathan Jones's career. Um, not that many people even know who Nathan Jones is, but he's that big, giant, bald guy you see in a lot of things that has all the muscles and doesn't ever really say or do much except punch <laughs> things. Um, but he actually does fairly well with acting here. Um, yeah, like I, I, I knew as soon as we started talking about it, this was going to be at the top. And for all those reasons, like I said, from start to finish. This movie, I mean, it starts with Tom Hardy running away, basically, on foot. And it just leads from there, shortly thereafter, into basically one long car chase for the entire movie. Yeah. Um, but it's not car chases. These are armored war vehicles in different ways. And it's just, there's so much, I, I could go on forever, but this movie is, to me, the, the perfect sit and watch and enjoy, but also make you think kind of movie um for me so yeah i think i i only saw this movie once and i caught it after the theater i think mainly because everybody was talking about it and maybe i just went into it with so much hype around it that i was like this better be good and i didn't really hit that bar for me that's fair i mean it has a style that i wouldn't expect you honestly like to, to go for as much as I would. Right. Um, so, so it was good. I just didn't think that. it was as great as everybody was, was hyping it for me. So that's, that's where I'm at point. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, anything to add? Uh, not really to that degree. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I wish I would have seen it in theaters. Mm, yeah, I agree. I did not see it, but I... Loved Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. So I'm guessing they're very similar. It's all good. <laughs> you need to see it. It's ser- they're, they're, seriously. No, I mean, like, we don't need another hero. Talk about, like, we don't need to find girl power him. and women kicking ass in that. Charlize Theron is the ultimate badass in that yeah. movie. And she is pretty amazing. She has, she has one arm in the movie and kicks the shit out oh. of anything that crosses her. It's amazing. And if you don't come out of that movie wanting a flaming guitar, something wrong with you. Absolutely. That is one of the coolest things in that movie, too. Like, just visuals. Yeah. What you're referring to. That is just ridiculously awesome. Unexpected to be there. And then when it shows up and you're like, why? Why even have that? But holy <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. Good deal. Uh, we'll go to Paula for her number one. 2015, it would be The Force Awakens. I mean, it's. Oh, wow. You weren't lying when you said top three Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah. 
I that yeah. I, I as soon as Rise of Skywalker was in number three, I kind of figured that's where she was going. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this movie talking about emotions and going into it. I mean, you're going into it with so much adrenaline and excitement, and then yeah. it's a fun ride from beginning to end. And we meet all the characters that we've been wondering so much about: Ray and Finn, Poe and Kylo, and I did not disappoint. And you know, I knew that my top three were going to be Star Wars. I just didn't know how I wanted to put it. And then thinking back on to how I felt seeing this movie and knowing like this was a Star Wars movie and I'm watching it. It was amazing. <laughs> and I had so much fun watching it. And I still do. And I know the storyline is kind of, I mean, we've already done it. We've already had it. It's just a different way of doing it. And I just, I don't care. I love it still. I love the Falcon and when they she meets on Solo and oh, it's just such a good movie. Poe, oh, when he rescues, when Finn rescues Poe and they fly off in a TIE fighter, I thought that was amazing and just the whole movie is fantastic. I love them all. Let's watch them right now. <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, it's in, infinitely rewatchable. I think it's very, really, oh, yeah. like, and like Paula said too, it is it is basically a carbon copy of A New Hope, but it's still just so fun and such a feeling of st- this. Out of I think out of the sequel trilogy, is the most is the movie that feels the most like a Star Wars movie to me. What I would have expected coming into this trilogy, this is this is the one that gave me the feels of like, yep, this is Star Wars. Yep, agreed. I think it's still the only one that feels like Star Wars. That fe- that fe- has the classic Star Wars feel to it. And that's a discussion to be had. Is like, is it just because it's basically a carbon copy of A New Hope, or is it able yeah, to do its own thing? That's absolutely and... why. Okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. In that case, like it's, it has that going on, but I was okay with it. But I didn't. I didn't want the other movies to be carbon copies of the other of like Jedi and Empire, but I right. was happy for what that was. You just stole the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I, 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 yeah, exactly. I was happy that that was, but didn't want to see it again. Those are the right. words I were look. I was looking for. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, Josh, we'll move on to your number one. Uh, this again, for I guess in the same vein as everyone else so far, this came into mind. Number one, never left. Uh, never thought anything. Really, never considered it going anywhere else. Uh, for a lot of the reasons that we talked about previously, my number one is 2012's Avengers. Oh, nice. All right. I think it, it absolutely, it was that the fits. thing that solidified what was going to happen afterward. Everything hinged on that, and it was not only really freaking good, uh, but it allowed the next, you know, eight years so far to continue beyond, uh, and, and it's not like, like Iron Man, if we were doing, again, like top 20, or of the, the last 20, I might actually bump Avengers for Iron Man. I don't know if number one, but Iron Man would probably be in my top ten. Um, yeah, yeah. The other three, like, well, First Avenger, I think I'm one of the few that I know that, like, really rides hard for First Avenger. Um, but the the phase one of MCU was an experiment. Let's make some movies, maybe make some money, see what we can do, etc. This was the linchpin and the test. And yeah. it came early in the decade. And it let us ride out another 17, 18 movies 
after this. So I'm very happy that it exists. I think this is just browsing lists. I think this is the only one that made, like, the I guess the most popular out of the top ten. It made three of our top tens, which is, it's I think, the only movie to do that. Honorable mention for me. So, so yeah, if you want to count that, it made everybody's top 15. Yeah. So, if, like, if I had to pin just off the bat one movie to be like, if you haven't seen this in the last decade, go see it. The first Avengers seems to be the one to go for. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, all right, so my number one, um, we actually talked about it earlier, and again, sort of like you guys, when I started thinking about like the my top ten and what I felt like just needed to be in there somewhere was this movie. I did not expect to put it at the top spot when I was trying to organize my list, uh, but the top one for me is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see it. So I was yeah. going a different way when you said there was an Edgar Wright movie on your list. I thought this was going to be Baby Driver. Baby Driver. I knew knew we had not hit Baby Driver yet or Edgar Wright yet, and you said there was one. That was Baby Driver is the one that I left for honorable mentions, just because I I really enjoy that one as well. But yeah, mine's the other one. But yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, so that's the one for me. I again, I said I could have raved about this movie, and I could probably still rave about this movie. So I tried to keep it, keep my thoughts to it earlier. So, but it's yeah. If you haven't checked it out, it's great. I, I love Edgar Wright. I love what this movie does. Everything about it, it's fantastic. Instantly, again, instantly rewatchable. I could watch it at any point and just love it every single time. So that is our, I guess, yeah, it's all of our top tens for the decade. Woo! The hardest list I think we've ever had to do. <laughs> Fucking rough stuff. All right, so I'm going to try to, while we're talking about honorable mentions, I'm going to go through and try to tally our uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings and see where everybody stands. All right. Um, so what we'll do, we'll just go through your your five. We don't. We're not going to go okay. like each person's one and five and four and five yeah, since no, these no. aren't really cared about order. So we'll spin back around to you, Mike. Just give us a little bit on your um, top five. As I said before, Avengers from 2012 was one of my honorable mentions. Logan was one of my honorable mentions. The other three we have not talked about. Um, first, Django Unchained. Um, it's my favorite Tarantino movie ever. Um, it was one of those things where finding a spot for it in the top 10, I just couldn't justify putting it above other things. Um, and yeah, the, the excellent movie, Christoph, what are vaults, I guess, and, uh, Jamie Foxx, unbelievable, awesome performances. Um, my next honorable mention, I'm shocked nobody else actually listed in their top 10. And uh, that is The Dark Knight Rises um, from 2012. It was on my original list, and but it didn't make any of my top 10s or honorable mentions. But I was one of the ones I I'm wrote just, down. It was really good. Yeah, I mean, for us, too, from Pittsburgh, seeing so much of this film that was made here, for one, that's a big thing. Um Obviously, a bunch of the Steelers make it into that movie as well. Mayor um, Mayor Luke Gravenstall. <laughs> yeah, Luke Gravenstall's there. Um, I think a very underrated performance, even though over-popularized, but underrated performance from Tom Hardy as Bane. Um, I loved Anne Hathaway. And she, she was great Amazing. as Catwoman. Yeah. Um, overall, that movie... Again, 
if it was the Dark Knight, obviously that makes my top ten. But that was yeah, pre agreed. that that was before 2010, so it doesn't get in there. But this one was a very good end to that trilogy. See, um, I disagree. That one, that movie let me down. I think coming off of the Dark Knight and wanting to be wanting the Dark Knight Rises to be what I was hoping it would be, it it fell flat for me. It was never going to be the Dark Knight, though. That, that I went into it knowing, like, this is not going to be what that was. That was a whole nother level. Like, uh, I, yeah, I can't even tell you what, like, I don't know. The movie, I think, feels bloated. Like, it, it's long and it feels long. And that's usually a bad sign of a movie for me. If I'm sitting there looking at my watch, fair. like, all right, when, it, when are we rounding this out here? That's usually a I, few points deducted for me. I never really felt that way. Um, with that one, I'm kind of sad we may never get to see like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt taking up Nightwing. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But I would love Christopher Nolan, please come back and do that. Um, but I mean, getting the end, like Alfred's end to the story, that being the end of the story, I felt like that was fantastic. Again, without spoilers. But yeah, there's a the lot of good it wrap ends ups for in Alfred. That. Yeah, I, I the I, way the way it left some characters, I I liked and I agree with. Just the story to get there didn't didn't fly for me a lot. Fair enough. Um, I'll move on though, since we got a lot to get through still. My last one in my other Edgar Wright film uh, that I had mentioned is The World's End, which was the conclusion to the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Um. As opposed to taking a more horror turn, this one takes more of a sci-fi turn. Um, again, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost absolutely killing it. Uh, Martin Freeman, before he became extremely popular <laughs> once again in an Edgar Wright movie. Um, yeah, I can't... Like, I I love this movie. The the One of the best parts of this movie is, like, the, the post-ending when... Everything has all happened, and they find out what's really been going on all around the world, and you get that, there's another ending past the official, like, the ending. There's, like, a an additional ending that tells shows the future for what happened to the characters. That whole sequence is fantastic. Um, and again, Edgar Wright manages in these movies that are by all means very silly manages to put in a real story a real uh, like serious and touching moments for characters that otherwise it wouldn't add up again without spoilers um it manages to hit your heart at some point as well during a story that has no right to do that and Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz I think Hot Fuzz, to a lesser extent, manages that, but I still love Hot Fuzz just as much. Yeah. But I feel like Shaun of the Dead and The World's End both hit those notes, and uh, if I had an 11, this would be number 11, but Fair. I don't. Um, and yeah, if you've never watched the trilogy, it doesn't matter which one you watch first, there's not continuity. Just go ahead and watch this one, and you'll want to watch Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead if you've never seen them. Josh, I don't know uh, if you remember this. I vividly remember being at your house for movie night, and we brought 
stuff to watch and for whatever reason we voted on this one to watch and certain people thought it was just a drinking movie and then halfway through when the robots show up they didn't know what the fuck was going on <laughs> and i think they hated it because of that but it was a fun experience that once that happens they're like what is this this starbuck in the this world was actually yeah my 30th birthday um some of my friends who are live in other states now uh we we resurrected something that we used to do when we were teenagers and in college that i used to love which was we would go through these elaborate long debate and voting sessions on what we were going to watch for the night and world's end ended up winning so that's that's how that that, yeah that's how it got on yeah and if there was ever going to be a sequel to any of them of the trilogy, I would actually want to see this one most. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you can make that work. Yeah. The continuing story of Gary King would be <laughs> something I would definitely be all in for. Or The King, if you will. Yeah. Nice. Good list. Uh, Paula, honorable mentions. Yes. So I have um, first is Into the Spider-Verse. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Saw it twice. Loved it. it. Yeah. Um, Baby Driver. Oh, nice. Which was another good pick. Hot fun from beginning to end. Yes. Um, solo. And I mean, it took me a while to. I I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a fun adventure. A lot of people, you know, poo pooed it because of all the issues that we're having with it. But what a cast! Um, like oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson and um, Donald Glover as young Lando and Emilia Clark. Did I do that right? Yeah. Um, I think I know we talked about it before. Like, considering that movie could have been such a load of shit. Yeah. From all the stuff that happened, and it was not. I came out of that wanting to see a sequel, so that yeah. did better than its job. Some great tie-ins. Please make to... that happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need solo. Too. I'm here for it. Um, Ready Player One. And then I was having a really hard time with my last one, like very hard. So I'm really sorry. I have a tie. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say it all is oh, one title: man. Thor Ragnarok, Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Thor Ragnarok was amazing. It was hilarious. Uh, out of and it was it was a hard one with Winter Soldier because I love Winter Soldier as a standalone the most out of all of them. But Thor Ragnarok was hilarious and funny. Yeah. And the Hulk was amazing, and just the storyline. It's just Jeff Goldblum in it. And Tom Hiddleston, so I'm like, I'm sorry, Winter Soldier. This is definitely going to beat you. Yeah. I'm sorry. And then, yeah, I guess Wonder Woman has to pop off my list, but at least I get to say Wonder Woman. <laughs> that was a hard one, too, because it was like Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman. Oh, man, they're both so amazing. But I'm like, Wonder Did she just miss the cut, too? She did. Yeah. This was really hard, Brian. Don't ever let me do this. I don't ever <laughs> want to do this again. Sorry. Well, you gotta wait another ten, 10 years. Ten years, okay. We can do done. <laughs> you got you got that much time okay. to figure out your next list. Thanks. Uh, Josh, honorable mention. Okay, um, just kind of shooting them down. Uh, we have Deadpool, Skyfall, Rogue One, John Wick Chapter Two. I was wondering if Wick was going to make anybody's list. And uh, for me, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Uh, the documentary version, not the more recent feature, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Still got to see Fred that. Fred Rogers. Yep. Still have to see that. 
All right. Yeah. Good. Good list. Um. So mine, honorable mentions. One of them we mentioned already, Baby Driver. Um. And again, I keep framing this around rewatchable stuff, so some of this might come off the wall. But uh, another one for me, The Social Network. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the Facebook movie written by Aaron Sorkin. I thought it's just that. That's another one where it's a little bit of a slow burn, but I feel like the pacing of it. I think the writing keeps you interested enough that it 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 feels faster as a movie, just pacing wise. Uh, another one for me that I, God help me, make a fucking sequel to this is Tron Legacy. I we need Tron three. They, none, none of the both Trons didn't make a lot of money, but I think they're critically loved or not critically, but like they have the cult following of just people that catch them and really like them. The second one dove a lot into that game world and what to do in there, and just the visuals of that, the the soundtrack, everything about that, and that's another one where the director, I think it was uh, Joseph Kaczynski, uh, he did Oblivion with Tom Cruise. He's gonna he's the director of Top Gun two that's coming out like. He he directs action so well. Everything, every action sequence in that movie is fucking amazing. Well, they're building a Tron ride in Disney. Yeah, please tell mm-hmm. me that means they're putting more <laughs> money into Tron, and let's give us give us that sequel. Uh, another one for me again, instantly rewatchable: The Rise of the Guardians, which I think a lot of people wow. get confused with that Guardians movie that's with the owls and yeah. stuff. That's not it. This is this is the one with Jack Frost, Santa Claus, the Easter oh. Bunny, Tooth Fairy, having to fight the Boogeyman. <laughs> Uh, See, when cat- you said that, I was thinking the Owl movie, so yeah. I'm glad you clarified. Oh. Yes. Um, it's so fucking good. Chris Pine is Jack Frost. Alec Baldwin is Santa Claus. Hugh Jackman's the Easter Bunny. Isla Fisher is the Tooth Fairy. Jude Law is the Boogeyman. It's fan-fucking-tastic. If you have not seen it, it's so good. Hmm. Um, last one for me, just... I, I keep saying it's a guilty, ple- guilty pleasure movie, but I, I have to watch it every time. It's Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect is fucking I was hilarious. considering that. I love that franchise I, that was written down the other the other two are not as rewatchable i don't think as as good as the first one the first one is so so freaking good uh but yeah that's that's the one for me that surprised me that it made this far into the list but it's just like if i'm just again framing it around stuff that i would watch at any point that's one that i have to put in there because i would watch it anytime uh all right so that concludes our lists uh, what do you guys want to hear first? Rate, uh, critical or fan ratings for where everybody stood? Fans. Do fans first. Fans first. Uh, number four for fan is Paula, eighty-two. Oh. Number three, Josh, eighty-three. Okay. Mike, you and I tied for eighty-seven. Hmm. Is that Last Jedi bringing you down? I Paula? think it is. That fan <laughs> rating okay. on Last Jedi yeah. is dragging Last Jedi hurt you a lot. It's in my heart. Yes. It's in my heart. Uh, and for critics, we have... Josh was the lowest with 85. Uh, Mike and Paula tied for 86. I had 88. Hmm. I think Real Steel hit hurt me for critics. <laughs> that gave me a 60 when everything else was in the 80s and 90s. Nine was probably Ready Player One. Uh, I will always that, love yeah, you. Yeah, that last was your Jedi. lowest. Yeah, always out of you. out of yours. Red State hurt Josh. <laughs> sixty and fifty four for Red State. Only sixty from fans. Everything else was, yeah, mm. sixty for critics. Uh, fifty four for fifty four for fans. Don't listen to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just listen to us. It yeah. was probably honestly Red State. I could see very easily having been brigaded 
on voting. Maybe. Because it, anything that makes a political statement one side or the other will make a brigade to go and vote it down. Yeah, whatever. I already saw it before I knew what the ratings were. I liked it. I didn't give a shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why, yeah, as much as I hate doing, like, I just to have some sort of qualitative number to throw mm -hmm. at people, but this, I hate those review sites. Granted, that's what we do, but we try to preface <laughs> with, if you just want to see it, go see it. Don't listen to us on whether or not you should see something. Just go see it and just see if, you know, you agree or disagree to what we have. Um, I guess quickly, any, anything that didn't make anybody list that you're surprised we didn't talk about? I was trying to keep a running list of stuff that I feel like should have been mentioned, but I, I lost track somewhere no. in the middle. So I'm I don't sure know there's way what too we much. should have talked about that we didn't. Yeah. Infinity War. Oh, that's true. We yeah, we talked less. about Endgame. We talked about the first Avengers. Jurassic World. And Jurassic World oh, didn't yeah. make any yeah. list. Um, I'm surprised for you and Josh that Arrival didn't make either of your lists. And again, that was... that. It made my... Because... Like, when I wrote my favorites down, it made my list. I just... For rewatchability, I didn't let it make the cut, but it, it it made the first pass. Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, pretty much a lot of the MCU movies. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised we got as little Marvel as we did. I think I expected a lot of Marvel, a lot more Marvel in here. We were very smart about our picks. Yeah, everybody did very well. It was it was difficult, but you all did a very very good job. I'm excited for us. <laughs> this is a fun exercise. Yeah. We'll do it again in 10 years. Let it go. Let it I go. So. You're welcome. Actually, I, I can say one I'm surprised is you, Brian, another one I can think of is Toy Story 3. That was on oh, my preliminary I list. I, that I, I had marked that for 2010. I actually think I kind of surprised him. Forgot about that one. Yeah. The one, one animated one that I made my list like on the first pass but didn't make the cut that I was hoping somebody else would talk about was... Uh, well, two, I guess. Wreck-It Ralph, I wanted to hear someone mention, and uh, any of the How to Train Your Dragons. Yeah, I'm surprised that didn't come I, up. I was initially thinking uh, that or uh, Moana was actually the one that got bumped for Deadpool. Moana was oh, okay. amazing. And yeah. we and waited so long for Dory. Correct me if I'm wrong, Up, up was pre-2010s, right? I think so. Yeah, I think, but, yeah it might have been just missed the cut. Nine or eight. Yeah. Because if not, I'd have to amend my list, but... <laughs> All right, well, everybody, pat on the back for everybody. Well well done, everybody. Yay. Um, all right, so that concludes our lists. Hopefully you've stuck with us for the three hours or whatever the hell this long this is going to be. This is going to be insanely long. Sub yes. four. It's going to yeah. be sub four. Yeah, more than three, less than four. That's probably where we're going to end up with this with this episode. Yeah. Um, all right, so if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. You can give us a share on social media. That'd be awesome. Uh, make sure you follow, subscribe to keep up with the show. We are on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Anchor is the hosting site we're at now. You can find us there. Uh, check Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends. Go to facebook.com slash Bry Guy Super Friends. You can catch updates, posts, all the keep up with the news and stuff we're talking about there. Uh, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions on Facebook. You can send us to us on Twitter, too. We're there at, at BG Super Friends. You can attempt to email us, bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com. I won't see it. It's there if you need it, but we'll get to you in another 10 years. And on behalf of Mike, Paula, Josh, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.